There may be no crying in baseball, but you probably will cry at the end of this movie. That's right. For the very first time ever, I watched A League of Their Own. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Tinted Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time. And guess what? It's a guest episode. So you don't have to listen to me talk alone the whole time. Isn't that exciting? I'm excited to welcome my friend Brittany on the show. Say hi, Brittany. Hi. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if... Uh, I, was, I always forget to ask before the show starts like how you want to be introduced. Yeah. Uh, Brittany is totally fine. I go by Moto Ruxin on all my social media, but you can call me Brittany since that's how you know me. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, I guess I do a lot of your... Uh, fans i don't know what you call them uh do they know that your name is Brittany? yeah well when i first started so i stream on twitch i was super paranoid because i started like five years ago i was like afraid that someone was gonna like find me and like come get me if they knew my first and last name so i was super paranoid um and i even have some of my like friends that i've made from my stream still call me moto like even though they know my name like in person like i'm in their phone as like moto <laughs> so i'm like i joke that i'm gonna change my middle name to moto so it's like i mean it's a it's an interesting new world to where you can kind of become known by an online handle now mm-hmm. and it's like you know we're some of our mutual friends like neil and them like he's got friends who he basically they call each other like by their online mm-hmm. handles oh yeah it's super common or like we were playing like among us and it's like oh you're you're astro and, mm-hmm. and i would say neil and some of them, neil oh yeah or like it's like i'd be like oh moody and they'd be like who's moody and I'd be like oh this mm-hmm. guy <laughs> yeah i've gotten super used to being called moto and people are always like wait did they call you moto i'm like oh yeah it's like my name my other name <laughs> i always feel like i need to get like a cool handle but i don't have one like and i don't think i really want one either mm-hmm. like i was trying to think of like when i first started like my youtube channel i was like should i have like a cool name and i eventually just put jake ryan baker as my name and i was like i guess that's fine yeah, that's you i don't know well, like, no, i have a friend though that she streams and she uses her real first and last name because it's tied to her shop and everything like she'd already established that and so she's like when i made my twitch handle she's like i was just like well i'll just use my name i didn't know we were supposed to come up with cool <laughs> catchy things <laughs> so i guess we should say you do stream on twitch frequently um I usually start the guest episodes by getting to know the guests, especially if it's your first time. Right. Um, if anybody ever is nice enough to come back, they can. We can skip this part, I guess. <laughs> but we'll get into your taste in movies in a bit. But let's let's hear a little bit about. So you stream on Twitch. What sort of stuff do you stream for anybody that? I presume most people that listen to this episode would probably be fans of yours. <laughs> I, if, like I, I have a very tiny listener base, so right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's redundant for you to explain what you're doing, since it'd probably be more your following that would actually be like oh shit Brittany did a podcast let's see what's going on there but for anyone that doesn't know you very well like what like what what do you do and all that stuff because it's kind of interesting it's pretty niche like I wouldn't have known about it if you didn't do it yeah it's it's super it's a community that kind of started five years ago when um so I started on twitch gaming my husband was super into watching twitch and I kind of would roll my eyes going why are you just watching people play video games like so I made fun of him and then eventually like I started seeing um other female 
casters that he would watch. And I'm like, holy shit, she's like really funny. And like, I'm like, I could do that. So I started doing it. <laughs> I, I could do I that. I could do that. And I'm like, okay, it's really hard when you first start and you have like two people come in and you're talking to yourself the whole time. Sure. Um, but then eventually I learned that they have this whole other side of Twitch, which is the creative side where you have artists that can stream. So it's not just video games. Um, so I do cross stitch and somebody reached out to me on Twitter when I was doing like a giveaway um, through my stream. Uh, I was doing cross stitch giveaway for my birthday and she's like, well, why don't you stream this? I'm like, are you allowed to do that? Like <laughs> just sit there and cross stitch. I'm like, and who would want to watch that? Right. I'm like, I wouldn't want to watch me just sit and cross stitch. <laughs> but um, a lot of what Twitch is, is, you know, personality based where people get to know you. And I mean, I watch people that do like glass blowing um, people. Do uh, you can do perler beads, uh, woodworking? Like there's so yeah. much on there. It's crazy. It's a pretty recent development. It didn't used to be, like, they've got just a full-on just chatting mm -hmm. segment, which that didn't used to be a thing. I've yeah. been watching Twitch for years. Mm -hmm. um, I've probably spent, like, if there's any part of the afterlife where you, like, review what you've spent time doing, <laughs> it's going to be pretty troubling how many, <laughs> how many hours I've logged into Twitch. Because I go through phases. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting, too, because you're right. It is so personality-based. Like, I will find a streamer who's streaming something that I'm interested in at the time. Mm -hmm. But then I'll grow to like them. And then I'll just, I don't care what they're streaming anymore yeah. at that point. Like, I always say that about podcasts, too. Like, one of my favorite podcasts, which I've shouted out multiple times on the show, is called Doughboys, where they review chain restaurants. But at this point, it's not even about the chain restaurants mm -hmm. anymore. It's like these two guys, I'm so, I've been listening to them for years. Mm -hmm. They could review paint. Yep. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd listen to it because I like their dynamic at Some this point. Great swatches to look <laughs> uh, through today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that does that. And, uh, they, and there's an audience for it, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, the cross stitching is, is interesting. And I, I know you stream games every once in a great while, mm -hmm. too. Um, and you started a YouTube channel recently, which, much to my chagrin, immediately just got more subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, as you already build a base from I like know. a lot of the people just like, you know, you tweeted out like hey guys follow this sure. and like okay sure so a lot of those are people that probably already follow me on twitch <laughs> i'm thankful because your uploads have calmed down but i i followed you early on and you just absolutely <laughs> destroyed my feed because you were uploading all these old videos and it's just like Brittany, you're killing me <laughs> well and it was your fault too because you're like hey you know you should really upload your twitch vods like people would watch those and i'm like oh crap i should probably do that yeah. and so i just uploaded all of don't them the, don't the twitch vods sort of disappear after a while yeah yeah, I know. Yeah. So for affiliates, they stay for like a couple months, I think. Yeah. So I was I like had a couple months worth of streams <laughs> that I was just like, well, I'm gonna upload all of these. Yeah, for, for, I mean, you make the joke all the time that that Tim and Eric, it's free real estate yeah. joke, but it really is. There's no <laughs> mm -hmm. reason not to upload it. A for your fans if they want to go, <clears throat> if they want to go back and watch that stuff, mm -hmm. and B like. I don't imagine you're making tons of money on oh, your YouTube videos, no. but like <laughs> none. <laughs> I just mentioned on my podcast, uh, I use this app called Anchor to upload it, uh -huh. um, and Anchor will let you record an ad for them to play oh. during your show. Mm -hmm. And I've made a dollar forty-seven off of that ad, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really so raking it in from the podcast, right. like, which is. Ironically, probably more than I ever would have got. Like when I first started, I had like three cents. I was like, that seems about right. Right. And then I checked. It's like, oh, I loved it. Like a dollar fifty. Hey, I could like get a Coke or something. Um, but I'm sure there's like a minimum like cash out limit because there always is. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. Even on Twitch, you have to like get to like a hundred dollars before they even cash you out. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't usually take you like a month or two to like actually get. 
like subscriber money. Like if someone subscribes in February, you don't like see that money till like April. Oh yeah, that's based on there's a hundred dollar threshold. So like I average about like twenty five subs if I'm not really consistently streaming. But then you also get bits, which is the Twitch currency. So like people can throw those instead of donating, and then that all adds up. And then once you hit a hundred, they give you a payout. Oh okay. So yeah, it's it's interesting world the online stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been. Uh, Twitch is it's tough because it seemed like a lot of YouTube creators were sort of like fleeing to Twitch because YouTube was being really rude about the DMCA stuff but now Twitch has turned around and they're being really rude about the DMCA stuff and just seems like and there's all these people that have been they claim they're like oh there's such an opportunity for a YouTube competitor and a Twitch competitor but it's like like I don't know how Mixer's doing. Mm. Like doesn't it, it's just well Mixer's uh, not a thing anymore. They like close that down. Did they? Yeah, they're all coming to Twitch now because they have nowhere else to go. I guess then them <laughs> paying Ninja a bajillion dollars didn't work out for him. Oh uh, well, yeah, definitely ruined them because he got all, he got to keep all that money and then he got to go back to Twitch anyway. So he's like he was the winner with that. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, hey, I I I do hope like I. I it's really interesting watching like twenty somethings and even teenagers suddenly come into a lot of money. Oh, it's and, and I, I worry about them because like I, I know they're not prepared for that kind of stuff. And I definitely think like I always have this mental plan that like I don't think I'm ever gonna like get famous or anything. But I'm mm-hmm. like if I ever had like a video blow up and I was like popular for like a year, I would squirrel all that money away so oh, yeah. fast. Like like I just but like I just man, literally relying on your livelihood. Uh, on a platform that could technically just delete your channel if they ever just felt like it oh, yeah. is so scary to me. I just don't know how that's gotta be, it's gotta be like really anxiety inducing. Uh, well, and that's what those DMCA <laughs> things are so scary is because people who've been on there for years and this is their main source of income. Like you get three strikes, they just sh- delete your channel. Yeah. Like you're gone. Yeah. I was just watching a YouTuber and he got into a spat with a company because he showed he did a voiceover ad for them and he showed a little bit of the ad in his YouTube video and they oh. copyright struck him. And he was like, hey, I'll take it out, don't worry. And they were like being real dicks about it. And they're like, no, you're keeping the strike. <laughs> and he just was like, like, he's like, now if I get three strikes, it's just over. Yeah. And that's his career because he's got millions of subscribers and it's mm-hmm. just like three strikes. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think the best place to be would be like kind of where you're at, where you've got a pretty <laughs> decent, dedicated fan base, mm-hmm. but you're not like, relying on it to live oh yeah i know i tell people because people are like oh you do this for like your job i'm like hell no i don't do this for my job i'd make like like negative an hour like no i have a full-time job this is basically just for fun it kind of gave me like something to hone in on like because i was cross-stitching just for fun and then people like well i'd pay for this or this and so it kind of became a way to uh channel that into more of a business than a hobby Uh, not that do you feel like has it how has it impacted your feelings towards cross stitching though like do you sometimes are you because i know i'm I'm speaking from my own personal experience with like i'm going to do a youtube channel and have a podcast where i talk about movies and it's fun and now it's just this constant source of stress all of a sudden or it's just like now because i'm like well i'm presenting a product instead of just chatting with my friends about movies it's like i gotta edit this thing and make sure the sound's good and do all this other shit and it's like has it taken it is it still fun for you or i definitely get that burnout sometimes where like when i try to do booths like where i can sell some of my stuff i feel like oh no i have to make so much stuff so i have like 
I have to stitch all the time um, and just get everything ready. So it does kind of become less fun and more of a job, and you really don't want that. <laughs> and so I try, I try to keep it as laid back as possible. Like I don't take on too many commissions because I feel like, oh, I, I have a deadline. I need to make it. Someone's p- usually paid me ahead of time to get something done for them, and then I feel like I have it hanging over my head. And when you do have a full time job, you don't have the time to to do it so uh, lately i've been doing more gaming on twitch than uh stitching just because it's like i do want to keep it fun so i'm trying to find a good balance yeah but i mean it it is nice when you're you know trying to make money to pay down debt like you just don't want to make it all about the money (laughs) you just want to make it fun yeah i think that's a pretty good place to be in like it's okay to i like the motivating aspect of Mm -hmm. it like sometimes i feel like i could just go months without actually doing anything and having some I'm a deadline oriented person Mm -hmm. so like it's nice to have things hanging over my head sometimes but it does get a little stressful sometimes but let's pivot to (laughs) to movies yes um I I'd like to hear a little bit about like you know I would never say I don't like asking people like what their favorite movie is because if you ask me what my favorite movie is I couldn't tell you it depends Mm -hmm. on the day yeah but do you feel like you have a certain sensibility what's your relationship with film like and tv as well Mm -hmm. um do you consider yourself sort of a like highbrow critic or or like what what sorts of genres do you find yourself more drawn to or do you just like everything or okay Yeah, I'll say growing up kind of influenced what I watched a lot because I was one of those kids that my parents let me watch like R-rated stuff like sure. way too young, like <laughs> to the point where like my, I I met my husband and he was one of those kids that like their his parents wouldn't let him watch rated R stuff till he was like eighteen, and I'm like really? I'm like I was going in there like watching horror movies with my dad like way too young, um so with him um my dad I would watch all of the horror like just slasher horrible stuff that my mom would like say oh you watching your like horrible slasher movies like right now and I'm like oh yeah yeah and then I would watch you know romance with her and uh, my brother was older than me and he was huge into comedy so I'd watch all the comedy stuff with him you know like your Freddie got fingered like your stuff that you wouldn't watch with your parents um but yeah growing up where you didn't have like a whole lot of money like tv was life like you come home you watch tv in the morning you watch tv to get ready dinner you're watching tv so we would watch all kinds of shows like seinfeld was a big one for me getting into that and then just from there it was an and I wish back then we could have the binge watching we did now where you didn't have to try and catch it on TV oh, at the you, given time. <laughs> like I could just, you know, sit down and You don't and ever watch. get nostalgia for that? Oh no, I hated it. Cause you get, you, you'd have like a friend asking you to do something. You're like, no, well my shit's on at like nine. Like I can't do that. Like I got to watch that. Like, but I will say like discovering stuff on TV was really fun. Like yeah. me and my dad would make kind of an effort to like try to find stuff to watch. And we still like, he'll ask me for recommendations now, but it's like a little bit of everything. I was very story driven, so I was a huge bookworm. So I really have a lot of respect for like original ideas and kind of your weird indie stuff that they can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's it's funny. You know, I feel like I've never really talked too much about books mm-hmm. and comics and stuff, which is like I think it is kind of important to talk about like cuz I was I always say on this show um, I was not a, a cinephile growing up. My mm-hmm. parents, like my mom likes Hallmark movies. Oh, God. My dad, it seems like every time we try to watch a movie with my dad, it seems like he's, he's, he's weird about like, 
it almost seems like such a chore for him, but then he'll <sighs> get into it. But we didn't watch a lot of movies growing up, and I definitely didn't. I mean, I watched a lot of TV, mm-hmm. uh, but I was a big bookworm too, and I never really thought about the correlation between that and mm-hmm. still enjoying film and the story of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I feel like it's still directly related because I would look at it, like I could read a novel in a weekend yeah. and, and like I just considered a movie like a book that you can watch rather than read. <laughs> so it's just more convenience. But like there are a lot of times where I'd like the book better than the story. Like I was one of those oh, nerds. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I was like that when I was younger too. I, I like kind of infamously crapped out on the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. because I was mad that the fourth movie didn't capture the book right and and like now that i understand what it's like to adapt a book it's like yeah you can't make a thousand page book into a two-hour movie dipshit (laughs) like you're gonna lose some stuff i was like oh the great subplots and side stories aren't in the movie this sucks i don't like it like i literally haven't watched one since Uh, i'll say i was i was really bad with those because i have a a horrible problem with reading names wrong so like i read like the harry potter books before the like the movies came out and i was reading like hermione as like hermione like because i'm like i can't I don't know how to, and then it just totally takes you out when you're like, oh shit, I've been reading like Hagrid instead of Hagrid. And I'm like, oh, okay. I've just been wrong this whole time. That's, cool. that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, but these days I'm, I'm fine with like book adaptations, mm-hmm. like where they go, but it is like, there, there's something. And I also think it books like, and I'm saying this as someone who hasn't touched a book in a really long time, <laughs> except for, I finally like picked up a book recently I've been sort of leafing through this book on uh, the movie Chinatown, the mm-hmm. making of Chinatown. Yeah. And, um, and so I was re- I'm like reading it, and I was just like, wow, this is like stimulating my brain in a mm-hmm. way that I haven't had my brain stimulated in a while. Like, even I've listened to audiobooks. Uh-huh. Like, I just got done listening to a 28 hour audiobook, but it's different. It, uh, it really is. And I, I, the problem with me is with cross stitching, like, it's such a time consuming hobby that, like, TV's just so much easier because I can yeah. stitch, like, I can hang out with a bunch of people and still be working on something, but also be watching and not lose anything. But when I pick up a book, I have to read the book yeah. and not do that. So it does get all of your attention. Which is nice because then it's like you can sit there and read and suddenly spend two hours and you're like, oh my God, where did that time go? Yeah, it's a much more <laughs> active, engaging process where even just listening to an audiobook is a more passive experience. And I've mm-hmm. noticed I prefer audiobooks that are like nonfiction, which is weird because I don't really read nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but nonfiction for me is almost easier to listen to because it's not like I'm going to miss a plot detail or it's yeah. like, oh, I wasn't paying attention because I was playing a video game and uh, he found the key on the table <laughs> and it was really important and I missed right. that line. I do uh, find that too. I'll get distracted <laughs> and then I'll be listening. I'm like, wait, who the hell is that? Like, I, I like my brain wandered for a minute and suddenly I'm behind. <laughs> so that's um, why I can't do audiobooks. Yeah, I super relate to the, like, in, in, all the way through high school, I didn't even, like, I was kind of fortunate in that, like, I was just smart enough in my backwoods school <laughs> to just kind of skate by and get A's pretty easily. So I was able to just spend all my time reading in class. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was, like, had a nose in, like, a fantasy novel, like, 24-7 while they're doing math. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I already did my homework. I don't care. Like, kind of missed those days where I was, mm-hmm. like, 
better than the material <laughs> and I didn't have to worry too much about that kind of stuff. Like yeah. college was a real harsh reality check. Like my first year of college, I got I lost my scholarship. Uh, that I got for having such a good GPA in high school. It was like, oh, yeah, you got like a D in psychology. And I was like, uh-huh. well, I fucking hated that class. So, like, <laughs> or the professor was bullshit. Like, well, <laughs> I, I can't do these lecture classes mm-hmm. where they want you to listen for three hours and then all your grades are just like on a test yeah. that, uh, over what they talked about. Like if you, just, if you give me the book and I can read it, like I can read the shit and memorize it, uh-huh. but the lecture classes destroyed me. Like, so you should have been an English literature major, like maybe. I was. Like you literally would just have to read some books. You would have three papers, and that was the class. And I excelled at those. Sure, it was those classes where it was like multiple choice, and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember that. When I was in college, I, there was this one class I took, bioanthropology, oh. um, and it was once a week on Fridays, literally a three hour lecture, and he there was no book. He like refused to give you a book or a PDF. He wanted you to come to class and take uh, notes. Geez. And the entire grade was three tests and like a research paper mm-hmm. was like 10% of the grade. And the tests uh. were 30% of the grade. And I just started coming into class, bringing my laptop and just playing like League of Legends. Oh, no. he, and then because I knew I was sitting next to a kid. This is terrible to admit it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was sitting next to a kid that was a real tryhard. And whenever we would take the test, I would just cheat off of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, and I passed the class with like a B plus. And I was oh, just my like, God. Eh, whatever. I don't know. Fuck that class. Like, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> And psychology sucked ass too. Yeah. College is brutal. Like you have to it's take all hard. these take all these general classes mm-hmm. when you first start. And like thankfully I started getting more into communication and actually enjoying my time at college. Yeah. Um, which I will um it's gonna be so nerdy because I'm gonna bring it up again on this episode, but there's a <laughs> there's a concept that I studied in college that I did a really big research paper on that's uh-huh. always stuck with me. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in my last solo episode, but it's even more ap- ap- <laughs> applicable to today's episode, so I'm going to bring it up again, so don't judge me too harshly when I'm nerding out over my bullshit college uh, knowledge. College knowledge? <laughs> oh, no. Um, but I know today, these days, like uh, it seems like you're really like zooming through the TV shows and all that stuff, oh, yeah. Like, which I, I'm, I'm in a similar way in terms of... Uh, I'll like go like a week or two without watching a show because mm-hmm. I'm like I don't got time to watch a show, and then I'll like break and watch one episode of something and then just binge it all immediately. Oh, yeah. That's what I did with Wayne. Mm-hmm. I put it off and put it off. Queen's Gambit. I watched the Queen's Gambit in like a day. Yeah, like, I just powered through it because I couldn't put it down. Right. Um, but then I'll go like two weeks without watching it, and then I'll like be on like an anime thing and be like, oh, this show, and I'll just I just binge like ten episodes of this one show called Jujitsu uh-huh. Kaisen. Or something like that. I know you don't care about anime. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's the one thing I don't watch out of all of the things. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the show that I am a big weeb and I do actually like anime a lot. I don't talk about it very much. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're talking about like growing up formative stuff, uh-huh. like Seinfeld was maybe formative for you, but like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z was like mm-hmm. pretty formative for me, actually. Well, see, the, the <laughs> thing with me is I, I love the stories, which my husband's always like, you'd love it. Like, just watch it. You'd love the story. And I'm like, I have watched some like of the live action stuff where it's like anime you mean well like anime stories where it's yeah. like this would be an anime but they have it live acted like i think there were a couple on netflix like there was like a 
high school horror one. Yeah. Like, and the stories are great. And I'm like, see, it's just the art that I, <laughs> and the over the top ridiculousness of it, where I'll, I'll watch a scene that he's on and they're just like, whoa, like rice. And it's, their eyes get huge. And I'm like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, I respect, I really respect Japanese like food and culture and everything, but I just could never get behind no, it. <laughs> I, it, it. I think anime like video games has kind of come around the bend in terms of like, used to be if you were, you were like a nerd in high school, you were like a video game nerd or an anime nerd. And these days yeah. it's a little, a lot more mainstream to like that kind of stuff. But oh, it's yeah. also like, I don't know. Like, I guess I've never really met someone who's never played a video game. Uh, but it's like, yeah. I, I wouldn't judge someone if they just don't spend their time playing video games. Like, I mean, I yeah. were, I have some older coworkers and I don't imagine they're playing switch all day. Like, but it's, but it's the same with anime. It's like, you don't watch anime. Who cares? It's like, it's not your bag. Then. Oh, and I will <laughs> say I judged one person real hard once because she said she doesn't like movies. Or TV, and I'm like, I was like, wait, like you don't like these certain kinds? She's like, no, I just don't watch them, like anything. And I'm like, how do you not watch any movies? She's like, oh, I've seen a couple, but I just don't like movies. I'm like, how's that? That's a even good point. It is kind of, it is kind of sh- shocking when you run into someone who just because, especially for me, oh yeah, or movies are like my life. Oh yeah, and, and then you meet someone who just doesn't watch movies, and you're like, wait, who are you? Like, yeah, like even my dad watches like even though he doesn't watch a ton of movies, he still just has the TV on all the time. Oh, yeah. And People can have no hobbies, but they watch TV. Like, yeah. everyone watches TV. But not everybody <laughs> in it just, oh, it just blew my mind. Because I would ask, have you seen anything, like, good lately? She's like, I don't watch things. I'm like, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> like, how do you not? <laughs> um, so, you, I, know, I know you do, like, horror and stuff, but uh, oh, let's... Yeah. Let's talk. Let's shift gears a little bit and actually talk about the subject of today's episode. Um, you you are the one that technically recommended this movie. Oh yeah. You said that it's a movie that you've watched a bajillion times, grew up watching, mm-hmm. and I am kind of interested in that in terms of a. Uh, like I think it'll be a good juxtaposition because I will say, watching this movie, I was like. If I if I had grown up watching this movie, I would just absolutely adore it, mm-hmm. like every aspect of it. But yeah. having watched it only once for the very first time last night, uh-huh. I was like, this movie's got a lot of problems, <laughs> and they're problems that would go away if I'd watched this movie like seventy times because I would just be so familiar with the material at this yeah. point and be expecting that. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. A lot of movies that I love, like. Mm-hmm. And I can almost quote scene by scene, like Dumb and Dumber is a great example. (laughs) Where it's like, if if I was watching Dumb and Dumber for the very first time, I'd be like, this doesn't make any sense how (laughs) this happens and then this happens. This is like really weirdly paced and strange. And I was having those same feelings with A League of Their Own, but I was like, like, and we'll get into it, but Mm -hmm. like, I mean, a great example for me was uh, John Lovitz's character. Mm -hmm. Like, he literally, I didn't realize at the time, but as he's like walking away from them, he's like, he's like, oh, they always get so attached. And he's just like, don't, he's like, I'll be back. And then he walks out of the movie for the rest of the movie. And I didn't know he was leaving the whole movie. And I was like, oh shit. Like I, like it was just shocking to me, but I know like if I'd grown up watching that, I would like really cling on to his scenes every time he was Uh on screen, knowing he was going to go away. But I just assumed he was going to come back and he never did. And I was just like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, he was a scout. Like, he scouted, his job was done, bye. He actually had more of a role than he was originally intended to because he's just so freaking funny that they just wanted him to talk more. So they kind of stretched him out even more than they originally planned to. You, you can to. tell there's a couple scenes that linger a little bit while where he's doing bits and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, this wasn't necessary, especially for a character that's, like, not going to matter in the movie. But it's like, right. we're spending time with him on the train, like, listening to someone talk about their job. He's like, oh, I'd, I'd kill my myself if I was you why do I always get with one of these guys oh, I'm just too nice of a guy like he's just going and going it's like this guy like, it's just a classic asshole character that's oh, yeah. so funny like <laughs> like he's such a dick like but you like as an audience member you're just enjoying watching him so much oh yeah like this movie's kind of rife with that because Tom Hanks is a super asshole in this movie too which I was I didn't realize he was like and we'll get it we'll get yeah, into all that we- <laughs> um, but yeah like like let's t- tell me a little bit about your history with the movie and like also, I'd I'd like to know um, not only your history with this movie in particular, but how much you're aware of the cast and crew. Like, I'd be curious if you're like, if I say Penny Marshall, does that mean anything to you? Yes, yeah. Like, uh, so like, let's, let's let me hear a little bit about that. Oh sure. Well, actually, well the funny thing is, I'm notorious for not knowing like anybody's names. So I actually did kind of look through everybody's because I wanted to be able to be like, because like Penny Marshall, I'd be like, oh that's Laverne, you know, from yeah. Laverne and Shirley. Because I grew up also watching like a lot of Nick at Night, so I knew oh, all, sure. oh like I all those shows. Yeah, Brady Bunch was pretty huge for me. Oh yeah, I mean I would watch even like because like if you get into like. 2, 3 a.m. Like they're showing all the like I Love Lucy's yeah. like Dick Van Dyke Mary Tyler Happy Moore. Days was big for me. Yeah, happy, like I would watch all of those so like I knew a lot of those old time like even the guy that dances with May he's Carmine from Laverne and Shirley oh, really? I, I didn't even notice that until I was like looking through the cast but yeah no we uh, I played baseball growing up softball and oh, baseball okay. so like so I was like first base my parents coached and like over the years like I mean I grew up with it so like first base that's a pretty yeah a pretty big deal position pretty, well especially for a short person like i was, yeah, I was short. gonna ask were you tall you're, <laughs> no, you're really short i've never been tall and i'm still not tall <laughs> like usually they give that to somebody that's like seven feet tall but no i was i could catch like people could throw those wild ass shit and i'd have to like leap for it but like i was good at i was a solid first baseman and i actually one of my best memories was when i had like aged up into the next group and my parents weren't coaching anymore so it was like you know this is fucking terrifying these girls are twice my size and this (laughs) i think i was playing shortstop for a practice and this girl who was bigger than you like huge (laughs) bulky girl i think her name was jessica that's how vivid this memory is and she they were pitching to her her. name was jessica (laughs) scary like she was the biggest girl on the team she hits a line drive straight at my face and I instinctively am like protect my face catch it oh. it burns the shit out of my hand and everyone's just like holy shit you let her catch that ball and it's just like <laughs> that feeling that like the memories of that where it's like okay you're in a sport where you could die like you, people get hit in yeah. the fucking kidney and like you're dead you get, like you get Simon Birched <laughs> I'm still oh my god I that movie like, I've seen like all of the movies I've only, like, I saw it like once when I when I was a kid and it like so scarred me eternally I was like wait a second you can get hit in a temple with a baseball and die what the yeah, hell well they say when you're batting you can't turn because your kidneys are in your back and if the, they beam you and you're you could die like and it's scary you don't think of that like you're fearless when you're a kid I, 
I brought up I brought up Simon Birch as a bit a couple times on the show. Even though I'm gonna have to do it someday for the show because I don't remember it at all. I, I just was like, what a horrible that story. Scene, he, those... he finally gets a hit and he like kills his mom or whoever the hell he kills. Like it was his mom. Yeah. Like <laughs> what is this movie? Oh yeah, there are so many death scenes that just scar me and like I'll think about them sometimes randomly. Or it's like the... I, I haven't seen them, but some people were talking about that those Macaulay Culkin movies. Bees. Uh, yep. The bees from My Girl back in the day. Yep. Oh yeah. It's like, what the hell? Oh, there's so many random deaths where it's like you mention that to people and then you realize they hadn't seen it. And you're like, well, okay, that's lost. Like the Nicolas Cage when he gets killed by the bees. and Oh, Wicker Man. Yeah. And it's like if they haven't seen it, it's lost on them. Everybody's seen the meme, though. Yeah. Like, everyone's seen the, not oh, the yeah. bees, not <laughs> the bees, in my eyes. But yeah. But so the movie, though, um, we had the VHS even. Like Hell it was yeah. one of those where you watch it on like repeat. I think we had that Matilda. Like Disney was huge for me. Like I remember even in elementary school, like on Fridays, they'd show a movie and like I'd get excited all week waiting to like at school lunch. yeah like on cafeteria like oh. they would have movie fridays and so like i guess even then <laughs> that's I, awesome I, I know yeah even then you're like well how can we, can we just skip to friday or do this every yeah. day like just watch movies while you're eating the like, only the only movies i remember <laughs> like when i was in elementary school we didn't do movies a lot no and then when i moved we moved to monroeville and I was going to school at Heritage. Uh-huh. I noticed they played uh, Remember the Titans a lot. <laughs> I was going to bring I think, that up. <laughs> I think it was their back-ass way of trying to teach us about racism. Because yeah. we, were, we weren't a very diverse school, but we had a little bit. And I think it was supposed to be like, see, it's yeah. good to get oh, no. along. <laughs> I feel like every substitute like would play that just because it's like, well, I can't teach you band music. So we're going to watch Remember the Titans today. And so I saw that movie like I probably a hundred times. Someone played Holy Grail once for us. Uh, oh, yeah? I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have back oh, then. No. <laughs> well, um, and you get a bunch of asshole high schoolers that are like talking <laughs> through it, so it's yeah. not fun. <laughs> um, and my Spanish teacher played just she would find any excuse to throw on a Spanish movie and to not have to teach us. She's like, it's a movie in Spanish. It's like you're learning Spanish. Uh, like, yeah. I literally just yesterday brought up um, this Javier Bardem movie that she made <laughs> us watch, where he was like, uh, he plays like a paraplegic guy who wants to commit suicide and he's trying to like argue to the courts that he should be allowed to commit suicide. Gee, that's kind of dark <laughs> like, for high school. I was like, did we watch that in school? Like, I feel like there's no way I would have watched it, but she like, I was like, what a strange movie for that. Who choose? Mrs. Growl was pretty infamous in our school for being a real baddie lady. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, no, that's great. Uh, the movies growing up, they would show Disney movies and stuff. Like, oh yeah, like they. Well, yeah, a lot of remember the Titans, but yeah, we, we kind. Of, I think as a school, you kind of like get a vote, even like oh. have kind of a choice, like you could recommend it. I don't know, like. I mean, it was pretty much mostly Disney movies, so it's like stuff that you can, like, first to fifth graders are allowed to watch. I definitely noticed glancing through some of the reviews on Letterboxd for this, um, there's definitely a, a subset of people that grew up playing baseball and softball that mm-hmm. were like, this was me, I was her. It's very relatable, because they have, like, the whole cast, it, like, I, I I keep wanting to say diverse, even though it's, 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 it's not. It's, it's like... <laughs> Almost, it's almost like brutally not diverse. Like, it's just, yeah. there's a point in the movie we'll get to, but I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Uh, yeah, and I have some stuff to say about that, but like, they do have a little bit of everybody. Like, they have moms, they have, you know, yeah. like wives, they have like 
you know, the ugly girl. And it's like, everybody can kind of relate to being one of them. Like, yeah. like especially the kid's sister one. It's like everybody had somebody that was better than them yeah. that you felt, like, inferior to. So, it's very relatable. There, there are parts of this movie, and again, I, I know I keep saying this, but, like, and we'll get into it, but it's like, there are parts of this movie that I was, like, looking back and being like, if I didn't know a woman had directed this movie... I would feel I find this so much worse, but somehow because it's like, well, she directed it and like, but there's like some brutal like stereotyping that's happening, and I'm just like, but why? Well, though? you got to like, remember the time too. Yeah, it's like yeah. the 40s, like in uh, 50s. Something, <laughs> very... I'm, something I'm really bad about on this show is looking up budgets and box offices. Mm. So I don't know I how much this that. movie costs, <laughs> and I definitely don't know if it was a success. Um, Well, I do know for Tom Hanks, at least it was like after it was before Forrest Gump and it was like after Burbs and like Money Pit, I think like certain ones. So like he was big. So they got a lot of big name people in it. I mean, you got Gina Davis, you even got freaking Madonna in it, like which she is a bitch. I can't wait to talk about her. (laughs) I guess the whole city of Evansville still hates her because like she's super rude to everybody. She wouldn't sign autographs. Oh, you mean people hate Madonna? Oh, yeah. They actually (laughs) hate her like as a person. Like she was a horrible person. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she's, I mean, she's Madonna. Like, yeah. she was probably the most famous person in the world at one point. Like, you just, yeah. I, I've noticed with people, and we talked about it a little bit with YouTubers and Twitch people, when you get to a certain level, mm-hmm. and there's some people that are able to stay humble, like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, um, would that. probably be a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you just, you, it's unavoidable. You, you start living yeah. a certain lifestyle after a while, and right. you, you just don't even, your reality is so much different than other people's realities. And, and yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm apologizing for people that don't need to be apologized for. Right. But like I used to like I would I would defend like Justin Bieber sometimes cuz I'm like <laughs> he's been like famous since he was 11. Yeah, we can't like, comprehend the their fact lives. That he's not, the fact that he's not murdering babies is, is a miracle. <laughs> like he's had he's had sycophants around him since he was 12. Right. Like the yeah. fact that he's like as okay as he is now is like Yeah. ridiculous. And like I mean and you know Wait, well, which I guess with Madonna and specifically, like, she went in, she was already a huge star musically, but she wasn't, like, in film. Yeah. So, like, she went in, and she got a, she has a pretty minor part, like, kind of in the background part, and I yeah. think she was really bitter about that, like, being such a big star, <laughs> having this, like, well, I should be, you know, more prominent, but I guess she was actually the worst player overall, because, like, all the girls had to, like, you had to basically, like, Penny was like, you know, you gotta be able to play baseball, like, yeah. so they, extensive training and tryouts, like, that hundreds and hundreds of people trying out and she was so bad I guess that she couldn't field grounders so they moved her from third to the outfield that's really funny <laughs> oh yeah but everybody was able to play like every, and all the injuries were real I I, I, cl- I watched on Amazon and I clicked on it for a second to pause it uh-huh. and the first thing that comes up like on the Amazon x-ray is like all the injuries are real yeah. and I was like uh, Okay, yeah. that's horrible. Oh, yeah, so that, like, giant bruise that that one girl, it took her a year for that to heal. Jesus. It was like she was sliding, and uh, I could not slide in pants, and they were sliding in skirts. So I, I couldn't imagine. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would say, was there... Was there? A, what, did you have a character that you were like, "That's my, that's my character stand-in"? Or 
I feel like you could play a fun game with people's personalities by asking them like, <laughs> like who you're... which which league of your own character do you identify with the most? Like those classic online quizzes or right. whatever. I feel like you could tell like what a person's like by that. Sure. Um, well, I definitely wasn't like the beauty queen, like because <laughs> I was I was very tom girlish. Um, I mean, I wasn't like. Un, I wasn't like homely looking, so I wasn't Marla, <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, I was definitely one that like I wasn't afraid to get down and dirty. So I was almost like more Rosie O'Donnell in that like okay. she's no like because there's like a whole scene where she feels inadequate and it's just because you're so good at something and yeah. like you're dirty. You're not like I mean I would wear like hoodies throughout all of high school because I wasn't <laughs> a girly girl. So like I definitely am more in, into it and in the getting better. So like I almost like Kit. I guess I kind of lean toward of that not like because I, I actually have cried in in games because like <laughs> I'd get struck out and it just would hit me so freaking hard that I felt like I should have done better. So I guess I actually do lean more toward Kit, <laughs> just like beating myself up for every little mistake and being really hard on yourself. I think there's a lot of people that would argue that that this should have been more Kit's movie than yeah. Dottie's movie, which <laughs> right. you, you could argue either way. Um, but I, I definitely see why people would say things like that I, I do think uh the movie is a little all over the place trying to handle all these characters like fairly lot. fairly evenly mm-hmm. and it gets it's gets spread a little bit too thin this is this is definitely i won't be surprised if in the next five years we hear that a league of their own is being turned into a tv show it actually did i okay. was reading into it and i think there was like and john lovitz was in it <laughs> there was like i think like six episodes and just this year they said they're gonna bring it like re- like reboot that of course <laughs> it makes sense Why it not? actually would lend itself pretty well to a tv show oh, yeah, and people definitely. love period piece stuff mm-hmm. like uh, people just go nuts for that kind of stuff yeah um, well, let's talk about. Um, I'll try to incorporate you a little bit more than I, I normally do with my guests. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this movie. I, I'm, bad so. <laughs> about, I'm bad about this, but I usually like to talk about my preconceived notions. Okay. So I will tell you this is just, this is all I knew about the movie going in. So you can judge me for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will say I was shocked when you said you hadn't seen this. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it, as a. As a self-purported feminist guy who likes uh, <laughs> yes. like female-driven movies, mm-hmm. uh, it is like this. This and like Thelma and Louise, also a Gina Davis movie, are yes. like two of my bigger shames. I would say, in terms of like movies I know I would like, mm-hmm. um, I'm almost afraid to watch them. Like I was kind of afraid. I'm like, what if I don't like this movie? Like I don't <laughs> know. Uh, um, but yeah, I knew Tom Hanks was in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty infamous. I didn't. I don't think I realized how early of a role this mm-hmm. was for him. Not yeah. in terms of like he'd been around for a while, right? But he wasn't like massive. Yeah, well, yeah and that's why I always look at his timeline of like when the movies came out, and I just feel like our to- our Tom Hanks is all of the Tom Hanks. Like he's played so many freaking random characters. Yeah. it's insane. But like yeah, early on you look at him and it's like, and I, was... I definitely didn't know, like. And I have it in my notes, like, one of my preconceived notions was, I know the no crying in baseball mm-hmm. line. So, I feel like subconsciously, I'm like, if he's saying, yelling that at somebody, maybe he is, like, an asshole. But I think, in my head, because I'm so used to, like, lovable Tom Hanks, uh-huh. um, 
I think in my head I was like, he's probably, it's probably like more of like an awkward exchange to oh, where no. <laughs> he doesn't know how to handle this girl crying. And so he's all like, there's no crying. You don't cry in baseball. We don't cry in baseball. It's like, I thought his character was going to be more of a, like, I just don't know what to do with all these wacky broads oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's it like when he first gets introduced in the movie and he's just like stumbling drunk and he's just oh, like yeah. clearly a mess. I was like, oh, oh no. Oh yeah. He's like, like a major alcoholic <laughs> washed up player who's super bitter that he doesn't isn't better than he in a better situation they throw this job at him like well this is all you get so yeah. deal with it and he's so good at yelling at people it's like <laughs> man it is kind of a shame that he started just kind of being like nice guys in movies because uh-huh. he's good oh, at yeah. this stuff um, I don't know if it got to the point where producers were like Tom Hanks can't be a villain in a movie everybody needs to like him or whatever like right. I don't know when the last time he was a jerk in a movie is mm-hmm. like I'm not like I wouldn't call myself like the biggest Tom Hanks yeah. fan in the world but I'm always happy to see him uh, and, you know and, and like yeah I just didn't realize what a jerk he was um, I knew Gina Davis was in this movie mm-hmm. she's usually like uh, uh, any poster you see of it she's usually front and center oh yeah um, she's you know Gina Davis like, yeah. what are you gonna do she's well, Gina and, Davis and I mean and her character <laughs> herself is like the best player in the yeah. league so it's all about her even though I mean like I look at it it's definitely more about her and her sister yeah but it's definitely about her <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't know I didn't know about the sister stuff going mm-hmm. in I didn't know like I just assumed Gina Davis was like our main character mm-hmm. and she would get this cast of characters around her but like right off the bat you're establishing sister stuff mm-hmm. um, and well and she doesn't even want to do it like she's yeah, the one it's very I actually really like the dynamic because mm-hmm. usually in theory her character shouldn't work because she's like I mean, I mean you have like if you're talking about a hero journey mm-hmm. you do have like the refusing the call moment yeah uh, that, that's pretty that. that's pretty typical hero stuff but um, she just like it, it slowly, and it, it doesn't really delve. And I do wish that it had delved into it just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But throughout the movie, people are like, she's all like, I don't know, I'm only doing it because I got to or whatever. But then she shows these little flashes, mm-hmm. and you're like, you are into it. Though. She does love and, it, and it is like it's very subtle in a good way. Uh-huh. But it also like we still don't because the movie's so spread out. We don't spend as much time as you would mm-hmm. think like developing that yeah. and talking about that. But it's still, I mean. I don't want to judge this movie like too harshly because at the end of the day, this movie is trying to just be a good, fun, feel-good movie. Oh, yeah. It's not trying to like blow your mind with all these like insane, dramatic, like depth, thematic stuff. Like it's all, it's not all surface level, but um, right. it, it like I just it was her character was very interesting. Like and it was it was funny because it's like. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis placed on like looks mm-hmm. in this movie. Oh yeah, um, they really did a- go to charm school and beauty school <laughs> and stuff. Like that was a real thing they do. Like after afternoon pa- practice, they'd send them to charm school, <laughs> like because they really did want the pretty ones that could also play. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like it is funny to me um, in a movie filled with like beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does still kind of stand out as like, you're just like, yeah, but look at her though. Like, and everybody in the movie like acts like it too. Like a lot of times in movies, it seems like they'll just like use the context of the movie to be like, you're pretty, you're not pretty. Like saying that Lori Petty's not like just as gorgeous is ridiculous, but the movie does a good job and she's so statuesque Mm -hmm. and like, she also just seems like she's taller than everybody. Oh, she's so tall. (laughs) She just seems like, she just seems like a model Mm -hmm. and she's so like effortless in the movie too. You're just like, like it makes you like like her because even though everyone's fawning over her, she doesn't give a shit about it. And yeah. so it, it really goes a long way to not be like, ah, uh, she's like kind of like, like I feel like 
any other, a lot of other situations, you would find an excuse to be like, yeah, she's fine, but I like these other characters better because they're more interesting. But she still like held, held my attention and I was interested in her character journey too. Yeah. Um, well, the interesting <laughs> with, with her, because of the time, you know, like they even go into it about like bringing all these women who are like housewives and moms into this thing that men do. Like even her, she was very against it. Like she's like, no, I'm a wife. I'm happy with being a wife. Like I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Like, so it's almost like an anti-feminist movement, which Kit is like the opposite. Like she really yeah. wants to go and do the special thing. And she's like, well, I don't need to. I'm a wife. Like I'm fine. <laughs> like, so she was very much in that time of like, this is my job is to be his wife. Yeah, and help our parents, and so she is almost leaning more toward that traditional role, even though everyone else was trying to break out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think she's the kind of character that was like afraid to dream bigger. Yeah, like, I, I think maybe she was afraid of being disappointed. Or... See, I don't even think that. I just think she didn't want to. Like, cause maybe even with her, like the whole time she's like, "No, I, I like I don't need this. I don't need this." She says that so many times. Where yeah. she's just like, like win or lose. Like, I, I don't care. Like, she. I mean, when she gets into it, she's obviously very good and she loves it and she yeah. wants to win. But like the whole time, she's like, "I could just up and quit and be fine. Like, I don't need this." Yeah, <laughs> which does make her a, a really interesting character oh, because yeah. you're just never quite sure where she's gonna go because mm-hmm. you're like. Like by her, like in most movies, you want there to be these huge stakes. Uh-huh. Uh, but for her, like the lack of stakes almost makes her more fun to watch. Oh yeah, because you're just like you're not quite sure what her angle is going to be from scene to scene. Right. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like she's a very consistent character. Oh yeah, but you're also just like. She could, like, when she's like, I'll just fucking trade me. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, I believe that. Like, she'd rather just have her sister be happy yeah. and not deal with it than, like, deal with this shit anymore. Like, it doesn't mean as much to her as it does to other people. But it, but it still does. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Penny Marshall, um, you know, the director of Big, I think, is, mm-hmm. is the biggest movie she's done. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I don't know. It was <laughs> awful. Uh, but uh, uh, I have seen Big. Good. Um, <laughs> I, big, big, Big was a, I grew up watching Big a lot. Uh-huh. We That was a VHS tape for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen Big a bajillion times. And oh, yeah. it's, it, as a young boy, watching a movie where a young boy just gets to be a man right. and, and do stuff. It's and, the dream. Like, oh, yeah. you get to be, you can do whatever you want, stay up as late as you want, but then you realize <laughs> he has to fucking go to work and yeah. do, do stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic movie. Um, she also directed another movie that I'm not going to say at the moment because it's going to be my recommendation at the end okay. of the show. Um, but it is another movie I grew up watching a lot, uh, and it's one that not a lot of people talk about, so it'll be a fun recommendation. Um, big Penny Marshall heads maybe already know where I'm going with that <laughs> one, but I'm not going to, uh, sh- I don't understand her career. I was trying to do some Google foo mm-hmm. and figure out why she only directed a handful of movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was an actor and she's was acting like all the way late into her life and stuff. Uh-huh. Like she was in, she was in Hocus Pocus, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. She was the <laughs> wife of the devil. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, was she the wife of the devil? She was a bitch too. Like, <laughs> like get these hoes out of my house. <laughs> Love her. There's some hoes in this house. <laughs> I hate that song, but it's, uh, it just is such an earworm. Um, that'll date this podcast. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Is, is, uh, is a uh, wet ass pussy going to be a, oh, in the zeitgeist? <laughs> <laughs> for a long not. time. Jesus. <laughs> uh, WAP, I guess. I don't know. I, I think I've said before, I think I've been a little more PG this episode than normal, but 
cuss all you want, fuck shit, cunt, whatever you want to say. I did listen uh, a couple of years and go, okay, good, I can cuss because I'm a bit of a sailor. And I'm like, I'm always like very worried about that because I'm like, oh, you know, try not to cuss in certain oh, like yeah, YouTubes. No. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's already ruined. Yeah, it's, it's, this is an explicit podcast in, in terms of language. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Penny, I mean, she's great. Oh, yeah. Like, Big is great. This movie's, we'll, we'll talk about it. I don't want to spoil too much. Right. Um, but like, I just, I couldn't figure out, I didn't do a big deep dive, but I just don't know if she just wasn't interested in directing a ton of movies or if she like had a flop. Like right. she made a movie in like 2001 with like Brittany Murphy and somebody. Oh, okay. I think maybe uh, Gina Gershon or something. Um, I'm like, was that not popular? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she had a big flop and it's just tough with like, uh, I, you see it a lot with like female directors and stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll have like one flop and they'll be in like movie jail for a long time. Hmm. Was there uh, anything else you wanted to say about Penny Marshall? Um, well, actually, it's funny because I didn't realize until like the last recent couple years. Uh, well, when she passed, because uh, that was like big news. Because I, you know, grew up yeah. with Laverne and Shirley, and I'm sad, like, I was sad oh. to look her up and be like, oh no, she passed away a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, oh, but um, I didn't realize, you know, how much other things she did besides Laverne and Shirley. So it's actually really cool to see that she had done so much else it's almost like she like for me i i tend to not know who all the directors of things are like sure. you have all these actors who do like producing and directing and i'm like i always just see who's in it and i, I like i'm definitely a cinephile in that i i know you know this person has been in this and that and this but like directors i'm just always like yeah. oh so i only recently realized that she was the director of this in the first place i feel bad because i didn't look up who wrote it which is something i try to do mm-hmm. i'm trying to be better about that I'm also curious about who shot the movie. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, when the credits were rolling at the beginning, it was like a very foreign-looking name. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what else this guy has shot. Actually, I feel like one of them might have even been a baseball player, though. Like, because the name was weird. It almost sounded like a baseball player name. Because I know there were like co-screenwriters for it, like two different people. Yeah, let's see. Um, <laughs> pulling up my letterbox now, which is always great podcasting. Hans Zimmer was the composer, which that was like a thing that I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, the music was great. I guess even Madonna wrote that uh, song, the, like, uh, at the end. And, oh, really? Like, got an award for it. Like, cause it was, <laughs> and I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm like, fucking just moved to, like, this movie is oh, such over, a nostalgia. Like the, over the old ladies going in the hall Oh, of my God, stuff. I'm just like, and I will say, I'm not a huge crier in movies, but, like, I cry every time at, like, there's one scene in the movie, and then always at the end, I'm always, like, moved to tears. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, they played, and they had so much fun. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> I, I'm a big, big sucker uh, I cried everything. <laughs> I've, al- I've also like I'll get into it at the end, but like I, I a combination of being emotionally drained lately. Oh yeah. And then this movie, which is trying its hardest to be a tearjerker and, mm-hmm. and get that emotion out of you. Which is there's a part of me that's like it's so blatant. I was like, I, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not gonna cry. And then I was like, I started crying, and I was just like, God damn it. Well, I mean, at least we know you're not like a sociopath because it's like you have the like because they say you know like psychopaths don't cry because they don't have empathy so it's like when you cry because other people are crying it's like you're you're not a psychopath because you you have empathy i'm a big it's changed in recent years but i used to never cry at anything real life oh yeah Um, i'm real bad i I would only cry at movies and that was about it and the occasional book 
I almost uh, feel like when I go to like funerals and stuff, like I try not to cry, but like when somebody dies in like a movie, I'm just bawling. Yeah. Like I don't like to cry in front of other people. Like I feel like I guess I don't even know why cuz it's like, you know, as a girl, you know, you're more expected to, but I felt like I don't want to cry. It's hard for strong, me. You know? well, when I go to the theater, when, when the theater still existed, uh, <laughs> right. uh, if I went with people, I would almost never cry if yeah. I was sitting next to someone. You don't want to cry in front of people. But if I go to the movies alone, like, uh, the, like I don't know why, but like the first half hour of Wonder Woman, for some reason, just makes me like cry. <laughs> like I, it's it's just like it's so lame, but it's just like I was just like it's so beautiful. There they have their own island and they're happy and they're strong and it's <laughs> right. great. And like I don't know why, but the, like I don't know if I was just in a state that day. Uh-huh. But like I just was like tears for like the first half hour of Wonder Woman. Like I I, mean, I don't know why. Oh, I'll cry. Um, Weird stuff though. Like, like a laundry commercial. Like <laughs> I think I saw Moana by myself and oh, I can't even yeah. hear. My parents were watching <laughs> Moana on TV the other day. And I walked in. I can't hear the fucking song. I can't can't hear the grandma sing with, without starting to like get kind of <laughs> fucked up by because that song that she sings when she's a ghost like fucks me up every time. <laughs> like uh, I can't I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie got me. Uh. <laughs> it gets me every time, and I've seen it a thousand times, and I'll still start glistening a little bit. <laughs> um, I, my last thing I'll say in my preconceived notions, uh, I knew it was about baseball. Right. Okay. It's hard hard to... I mean, there's a baseball bat like, on the cover. It is interesting that it is baseball and not softball. Yeah, which uh. they said in the original league, it was kind of a like the All American League started as kind of a combination of the rules of softball and baseball. Because I played both, I did like wildcat baseball that was like co-ed, and I also did softball. The rules are different. Okay, and it's weird. The only, th- the only differences I know are the ball and the underhanded pitching. Yeah, the, the softball is a fucking grapefruit. <laughs> it's yeah. like huge. I, I hated those. I actually preferred baseball and just that it was easier to hold and throw. But like, I think there's different rules with like you could steal first base i think was a thing in softball like it's like weird rules um but i guess it was like kind of a combination of both like as far as distance i know is different too like with how far the pitcher is i think i I guess i didn't know if this was like based on anything real it is it seems like at the end of the movie it's heavily implying that this was a thing yeah and so i assume they played baseball and not softball yeah, oh. it was baseball, like it was women's baseball, even though it had kind of a little bit of softball ruling in with it. But it, yeah, it was it was baseball. Um, although the movie did imply that like the men's baseball was completely shut down, yeah. which I guess I looked that up because I felt like I needed to know that <laughs> whether or not that was a thing. And I guess it wasn't. They actually had to bring a lot of minor league men or retired players, high school players up so they could keep it going. And a, okay. lot, a lot of the minor leagues were like shut down during the war. Okay, that makes sense. So um, that was like the bit, because it is a highly fictionalized story. Like none of this yes. was like real. Yeah. Although it was based on the real, like a Dottie, like a Dorothy is like the real player that okay. it's based on, but everything's fictionalized. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the, su- I'll, I'll do a really brief summary. If for any reason... Any of you psychopaths are listening and you've never seen a league of your own, you're just a big Moto Ruxin fan, yeah. or for some reason you're a fan of mine, I don't know why you would be. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan I'll of do a very, <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. Uh, I'll do a very brief summary of the movie just to kind of get you up to speed. Essentially, the movie is about uh, these two sisters who are, World War II is going on, so it's the 40s or whatever. Uh, a lot of men are being shipped overseas. Including, especially the athletic men. So sports is like 
fucked. Um, <laughs> uh, warehouses and stuff, factories, Rosie the Riveter, all that stuff. Women are being recruited into men-dominated fields to sort of like fill the gaps. Um, and so they're going to start this uh, women's baseball league. And so Gina Davis and Lori Petty playing Dottie and Kit, respectively, uh, they're recruited in this league. They try out. They make the team. And, and then, then, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple story. It's just women's baseball, the rise of it. it. At first, it's really hard. They don't have a lot of fans. Nobody cares. But they manage to, like, attract attention, and it gets popular. Um, there's a lot of stuff between Dottie and Kit, sister rivalry, especially with Kit feeling like she's in Dottie's shadow all the time. Um, they get towards the end of the season, the team, they play for the uh, – Rockford Peaches? Yep. Um, Which was a real team. Okay. It seems like there's five teams. Yeah. uh, Which is like a weird number of teams to me. Like, that's like, so just one team is just off all the time, or I don't, seems like six would be a, six or eight would make a lot more sense to me, but. It was probably just cheaper. (laughs) The money that they were putting, because they had the, you know, at least in the movie, the investors. So it's like they probably don't want to put too much into it and have like a whole bunch of teams if it's just going to be like one year and they're done. Sure. I also (laughs) had a really hard time figuring out the uh geography oh yeah <laughs> like i didn't look up like uh, one of the teams seems to be south bend mm-hmm, which this... i assume is indiana yeah it is um which they did film in indiana okay and, but then they seem to like imply that one of the teams is in canada well no like the, there's people drafted from canada okay like which is a real thing because i looked I up just, i just couldn't tell if they like were all midwestern teams because like it seemed because it seemed like Dottie and and Kit were from the Midwest, but then they keep talking about how they're from Oregon. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, because okay. they tried out in uh, Chicago, and so that was uh, Lovett's character was going around and to all, which they did actually primarily in the Chicago area, like try to go to like all these women's softball yeah. to like uh, poach people to like get them to try out. And it's hard to tell because it's like it seems like every fucking game is played in the same stadium so i was just like i don't understand how any of this works but there's there's a lot of emphasis on them having to travel all the time Mm -hmm. so i just don't i didn't understand and it's never there's never like a map right like Like a star (laughs) and them going dot 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 to here (laughs) so i was like i don't know where any of these people like like when dot when dottie when kit gets traded i'm like did she go to what what team when she gets traded to racing the, the bells like yeah. I don't know where that team where is located. Is I don't know how far away they are from. I don't know where Rockford is. Like Rockford uh, isn't that Georgia? I assumed it was Georgia because of the peaches it, yeah, thing. Yeah, Georgia Peach. Um, but it's like it's also like you only have five teams. Why would you put them all so fucking far away from each other? <laughs> They're only gonna play each other. Uh-oh. Like <laughs> Racing's in Wisconsin? No guess that. <laughs> like I just assumed they were all like warm weather places. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> oh, that sucks getting shipped off to shitty Wisconsin. Racing, yeah, and you were in Georgia to racing. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know, but you know, uh spoilers for the movie. Uh it comes down to uh at, like Kit and Dottie have a blow up. Kit gets traded to another team like we just mentioned. Um and they face off in the World Series. And actually, as they're going into the World Series, Dottie leaves the team because her husband comes back from war. And she's like, I said as soon as my husband comes back, I'm quitting. She does. But then it gets to Game 7. Dottie comes in. She's here. She's going to play. Big showdown. And shockingly, spoilers for the movie, uh, the Peaches lose mm-hmm. to the Bells in the last... It's it's so good, too. Uh-huh. It's so perfect how... 
she's the catcher and Kit's charging. Oh, yeah. And they're going to clash. And it's like, I, I just got goosebumps talking <laughs> right. about it. I was like, God damn it, it got me. They oh, yeah. got me. It's so, it's such a slam dunk, like perfect oh, yeah. setup. Like, I imagine when they were writing the script, they were just like, yeah, she's the catcher and she's charging. It's going to be so good. Well, and uh, it's good that she did leave and wasn't there for the whole World Series because yeah. it's just, it becomes so much more important that she's only there in this last game. Yeah. To, and it feels like she's there to frazzle Kit, who now has to, like, face basically her nemesis. It, 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 it did amuse me that it just, like, just sails through the first six games and somehow the, the oh, yeah. Peaches do seem to manage to cobble together some wins even though they presumably lost their best pitcher and lost their best player. Oh, yeah. And they also really early in the season lose their best hitter. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, but they're winning still somehow. Right. Um, I don't know. It's a lot like, of montages of like playing <laughs> baseball. <laughs> I feel like it heavily implies like, I feel like before the World Series, it seems like the Peaches just win all their games all the time. Mm-hmm. It seems like all the other teams suck and the Peaches <laughs> are easily the best team. Uh, Which they I, were, I guess. Like okay. they were, like they, I think they won like a whole bunch of the series. Like it only went for 12 years. Like okay. I looked um, because it eventually became like women's softball and like other things. But this specific league was only 12 years um, and they were like one of the better teams. So that yeah. is actually kind of That makes true. sense. Yeah. But it was just funny to see them get to the World <laughs> like Series when, and be like, I couldn't believe it just Glossed through all the games because mm-hmm. it was like there was like still a half hour left when they got to game seven. I was like, is game seven going to be a half hour long? I wasn't prepared for like I, I guess as part of the summary, the Bells win. Kit and Dottie kind of make up, but Dottie does leave baseball mm-hmm. after one season, even though she was the best player. Yeah, and then the movie's framed by this framing device of this old woman. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning, her daughter's like, "You're coming with me, Ma. We're going to the thing." You don't really know what they're going to go to. Yeah, it just is like, and she shows up to the baseball field and they're playing. She's obviously like reliving her memories and stuff. And then it comes back around at the end uh, where they're being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Plays this fucking ridiculous sappy song through the whole <laughs> thing. And you're just like, oh my God. Uh, like, And you, it's just, it's a bunch of like weird, it's kind of weird because it's so like fun and like nice to see them all like meeting up again. Oh, so but it's also just like casually like, ah, so-and-so's dead. And yeah. this guy's dead. And she's dead. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Well, but some of them are doctors. Like, yeah. one of them's like, no, like, I'm a doctor now. Like, this, <laughs> like, it's it was so cool to see, you know, how the league, like, basically was like, hey, you can do things. Yeah, you can be yeah, a fucking woman. Totally. Like, it was great. <laughs> but, yeah, half the people are dead. Yeah, May, May got married, which I think was, like, supposed to be kind of like, hey, she did it. Yeah, uh, like she's not a hoe anymore. <laughs> Good for her. Because <laughs> she was just like a stripper like yeah. before she got into a the dancer. league. A <laughs> dancer. Yeah, well, it implied she did a lot more than <laughs> just d- dance. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that's like the summary of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I don't know why I just lowered my chair. <laughs> you look so much shorter than me now. <laughs> um. I think you did good. I mean, you it, it, there's so much more into it, yeah. but like that's basically the. <laughs> and I, I like to plot. go scene by scene in the movie, yes. um, so uh, let's do that. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see which scenes that you like bring to the forefront because obviously we can't talk about every scene because there's so much to it. But well, <laughs> I'm interested to see what stands out for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what what scenes are worth talking about. Um, uh, real quick though, I've been doing this lately in my episodes, and I have I should have done it earlier in the episode, but. I'm going to do a break real quick. We're going to cut to commercial uh, and play an ad right now. And we're back. (laughs) I'll do that in post. Um, But yeah, so uh, 
in my notes, I do, I do, I have written down here Madonna, Lori Petty, Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I think because uh, I didn't know, I think I had somehow forgotten that Madonna was in this movie. Right. Um, so see, seeing the names was like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, and there's <laughs> a lot of um, stars that like, even on the other teams that like, my husband's like, oh, that's, you know, that lady from Spanglish. I'm like, what? He's oh. like, yeah, like the first baseman um, front on Racine was that blonde, the, the wife of Adam Sandler in Spanglish. And I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even know that. I've seen this movie sense. a thousand times. <laughs> like, there's so many people in this. Uh, I don't know if Spanglish is the movie you should be recognizing people from. But. Well, that's just <laughs> what I know her from. I know she's been in a lot of other stuff, but that's what my husband remembered her from. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I saw the name Gary Marshall, but I wasn't able to, like, fully put together. I, I, I'm familiar with the name, and as far as I can tell, I think he's maybe... Penny Marshall's dad, mm-hmm. um, and he's in the movie as uh, the chocolate bar guy. Oh yeah, Harvey. Um, and I'm sure he's probably people are probably screaming like I'm sure Gary Marshall's like <laughs> insanely famous, and I'm just like yeah, I know the name kind of whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, Madonna, seeing uh, Lori Petty, I was like I know that name, but well, I she's waited. been in so many things. She's, I love her. She hasn't been in as much stuff as you would think though, which yeah. is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, although. I usually look people up on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a problem because Letterboxd doesn't show TV shows. Yeah. So for all I know, she's been working in TV. Well, like, she was in Orange is a New Black. Is she? Yeah. I also noticed that uh, she's in a, on Letterboxd, she was in a Prison Break movie. Okay. So I assume she was on that show. I always remember, <laughs> well, I actually only recently just rewatched Free Willy, and okay. she's like the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, like, oh shit. As far as the credits go, she's in Point Break. Okay, yeah. Uh, as Tyler, mm-hmm. the, basically like, if anybody watched Point Break when they were growing up, she's like, you know, she's just a massive crush. And yeah. then she's Tank Girl, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunately a movie I have not seen. I will do for the show eventually. Yeah. Well, and uh, they, like the whole rivalry between her and, you know, Gina Davis's character, like she actually was going into this movie. Uh, Lori was pretty like, because she wasn't that big, like you said. And, yeah. I mean, even still now in comparison, like Gina Davis is way, way up. Like she was kind of felt inferior to her so it sure. actually was like a perfect casting of yeah. just her not I think it really works they don't look very similar no <laughs> uh, so the, the, that that's kind of strange yeah. uh, but it doesn't really matter it's right. a movie they're sisters whatever yeah like not all sisters look exactly the same anyway right well and uh, who knows it could be you know like the milkman's kid and then the, you know like it is the 40s like nobody spoke of those things like <laughs> that's an interesting observation it's possible yeah I feel like I feel like we sort of see their parents like twice yeah like the dad's <laughs> the very traditional like your dad's watching his stories <laughs> well, listening to them on the radio, you got to keep it down. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny to see them in the very traditional farm girl role of support your parents, work for the farm, and the dad is the one yeah. you appease. But the credits, Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I love Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I, I feel like I should get this out of the way up front. I, I grew up watching the Flintstones movie a yes. lot. And people oh. are always kind of surprised when I'm like, I had like actually a huge crush on Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> She's great in uh, the Flintstones movie. Uh, I, I watched that, that movie a lot when I was younger. And I mean, I mean, uh, Halle Berry, obviously, in that movie is ridiculous. Well, yeah. Like, But I, I always had like a, a little thing for Rosie O'Donnell. So seeing her name pop up in this movie, like younger 90s Rosie O'Donnell. And she's so mm-hmm. good in the movie. She's so oh, yeah. abrasive. She actually and, was supposed to have a more minor part, but she could understand Penny Marshall's Bronx accent better. <laughs> so she kept giving her more and more lines. <laughs> so I like, I love that. It was just because she could he- understand what she was saying. It's so fun when her and Madonna get introduced together. Because I was like, oh, Madonna. And I was like, oh, 
Rosie O'Donnell. It's like mm-hmm. all their pals, and they're like New Yorky. Oh yeah. So, like they just like, oh yeah, fuck you. And like Madonna versus when you first see Madonna, she's like smoking, and you're yep. just like, oh my god. They're like, so yeah. And <laughs> they they make a really good pair. And actually. they're still friends. Oh really? Oh yeah, they're real good friends. You never would have guessed like they would like Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna oh, yeah. would be like a. Um, is Rosie O'Donnell like? Is she like weird now? I can't remember. Like, is she crazy or am I thinking of Roseanne? I think you're thinking of Roseanne. She's the one that went very political. Yeah. Which I think Roseanne's, which, and it's funny because my dad, he hates Roseanne, doesn't like Rosie. I just think he doesn't like loud women that like really speak out against things, which I think is hilarious because I adore them. Yeah. I was just excited. I was like, I didn't know she was in the movie. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, this is fun. I was like, this cast is really good. Oh, it's it's <laughs> like literally every other person has had a great career. Yeah. It's crazy. I, um <laughs> But I would say we don't have to talk too much about this first scene. The, uh-huh. I'd say the only thing that's super notable is they cast an old woman who looks enough like Gina Davis that I was trying for a moment to figure out if it was Gina Davis in really oh, yeah. good makeup. I actually, growing up, literally thought that's that was her, and they did just do that. Yeah. But they basically just dubbed over those two, like Kit and uh, Gina Davis's. Um, they They were just actresses that they dubbed their voiceover. Really? Yeah. Because I, I didn't know that when I was younger, so now when I was watching it knowing that, I was like trying to like see if the lips were like lining up with the dubbing. I never, <laughs> I didn't really notice that. I just was very impressed with, but what's weird is you meet the old lady before you meet Gina yeah. Davis. So it's like, it's much more apparent like after the, they do all the Gina Davis stuff and it cuts back. I was like, they really found an old lady who looks a lot like, like Gina her. Davis. Uh, like I assume that maybe she played her mom in something at some point uh-huh. or maybe her grandma. She is a, a lot older. Um, but like it was good enough to where I was like, is this oh, a yeah. woman, an old lady? And it's confusing too because like I think later, like at the very end of the movie, one of the old ladies I think maybe is played by – one of the girls because there's a joke where she's like I married a plastic surgeon and I was like and I was like squinting I was like is that her or is it just an old lady that does look a lot like her I can't I think they were tell like because they said a lot of the the older ladies like in that end like scenes were actually the ball players like so uh I don't think any of them were like yeah I could tell um that some of the old ladies were a little awkward with their line delivery. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only one that's like really stand out is the lady that's playing the Gina Davis character because she's very regal and she just has like such a presence oh, that yeah. you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. okay. Her, like you can just immediately was... tell. Like a lot of movies aren't about older people, mm-hmm. but it was interesting to me that when this movie first starts, the older lady has such a fucking presence that I was like, okay, this is about her. Oh, yeah. I didn't think for a second it was about the daughter, uh-huh. even though I was like, this is about baseball, younger women. What is the, I started <laughs> to kind of put together that this was like the present and mm-hmm. we were probably going to do a flashback at some point. Oh yeah. She has a brief interaction with her grandkids where she's like, be nice to your younger brother. And she's like, kill him. And it's mm-hmm. really cheesy, you know, but <laughs> it, it sets the tone pretty well to where mm-hmm. she's still feisty. Oh yeah. Um, even though she never gets out of the house, it seems like it's being established. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like that's the kind of stuff where you probably, as someone who's seen it a lot, oh, yeah. kind of just giggle a little bit at it. But for me, I was just I was trying so hard to keep up with what was going on mm-hmm. and clock everything that was maybe important. I'm like looking at the daughter. Is the daughter going to be important? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. She gets to the baseball field. She sees them. It's all swell music, swelling. She sees it. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, and then we flash back mm-hmm. um, to uh, the, for just like, I guess they're in some sort of 
minor softball yeah. league. I assume it's just like a for funs. I think it's like the dairy that they work at or her husband yeah, works they at. Yeah, they a play team. for like the dairy team. Mm-hmm. It's on their shirts or whatever. I assume yeah. it's just like a company baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, uh, there's really right off the bat, we're doing a great job of establishing Kit and Dottie's like tumultuous relationship. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, don't, she's throwing high, don't swing high. Kit, don't tell me what to do. Uh-huh. Swings high. Swings high, misses, misses, gr- gr- uh, uh, glaring at oh, Dottie. Yeah. And then she's like, fine, I won't fucking swing at this next one. And then <laughs> straight just, down the middle. <laughs> straight down the middle. And strike three, she's out. She's, she just got into her head so hard. Well, and that's the funny thing, too, because I like. I've watched this hundreds and hundreds of times that I actually like would go back and like read some things other people have said about it and they just talk about how bratty Kit is. Like she's such a little brat. She's not coachable because Gina is the best one on the team. Yeah. She's trying to help her and she's just so resentful and bitter that she won't listen. So she did it to herself but she still blames her sister because she's just better. Like why you gotta be but it better? But is, it is an interesting little uh, thing to where when she finally chooses to listen to Dottie on that third pitch, <laughs> she gets struck out where it, it, if she would have swung, she maybe would have gotten it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's already introducing this weird, and I think it pays off pretty huge oh, yeah. at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it was just interesting. And you got like these drunk assholes in the crowd <laughs> that are yelling or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Men. But, but like even, <laughs> even right off the bat, Dottie's like, that bat's too heavy for you. And she's like, fuck off. I'm going to use this bat. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like right off the bat. And then Dottie crushes a home run. They win. Mm-hmm. Dottie's the wonder child. Yeah. She's great. Kit's in the shadow. It's already just right off the bat, like, bang. We understand their relationship. Oh, yeah. The best part of that scene is when the guy's like, good thing your sister bailed you out for yeah. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, she, and then they're walking home, like, great, like, farmland dust trail shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the scene was, like, almost unnecessary because it's like, I already feel like I understand what their relationship is. Uh-huh. But we get a scene of, like, uh, uh, Kit being like, Good thing your sister bailed you out. Good thing you're so your sister's so much prettier than you are. She's like, someone said that. She's like, well, they thought it, and yeah. like, and and you're getting good stuff from Davis here to where she's like, come on, like I'm not like I'm not trying to make your life bad. You're really putting this on yourself, and like, like I what, but but I like the like the nuance of it because. She's like, why are you walking fast? She's like, well, I don't know. You're walking fast. She's like, I, you don't have to. But then, like, Kit starts to run. But instead of, like, you almost think Gina Davis is just going to let her run off on her own. Right. But she doesn't. No. She actually, like, runs after her, and she runs faster than her. It's almost just, she is, like, kind of, like, keeping her in her place a little bit. Yeah, which I feel like just because of how bratty she is, it's almost like a punishment. Like, she's like <laughs> she needs to, like, because she would be a great player. Like, she's an amazing pitcher. Like, she's a strong hitter when she connects. Yeah. But, like just her bitterness and not able to listen and coach it's almost like she's trying to be that mentor to her of like because obviously the parents don't do any parenting (laughs) they're just farm workers like they have the farm and that's it yeah but like so she's trying to keep her to the point where it's like maybe she'll eventually learn from her that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah. uh and right right off the bat we get this like really cheesy uh um actually I, i didn't i forgot uh before we even do the baseball game, we get this really cheesy war. 
Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio's trading in his bat for a gun. Oh, that, 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 a lot of weird baseball puns and right. like just a guy just clearly having the time of his life doing old timey radio announcer voice. Well, like, have you ever watched some of those old? <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh, they're they're so silly. And it's great too because it even has like a thing where it doesn't show it, but I always forget. Back in the day, there wasn't TV. Uh-huh. They would show that shit in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. You would see like radio broadcast and TV broadcast like yeah. in a theater, and it's like world something theater blah 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 mm-hmm. but it's always like so funny to hear that voice it makes me think <laughs> of my dog skip where they watch about how like the dogs are even doing their part and like the dog <laughs> is in the theater with them watching and it's like hey we should let the dog be part of the ward so it's like it makes me think of that because it's like those really were things that they were trying to get people to either enlist or like help with the scrap drives like the little kids so they had all these like recorded like, yeah things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah just to just to, silly it goes on for, for my taste just a little too long Mm -hmm. it's like you could just be like world war ii is happening joe dimaggio and whoever the hell else is playing they're gonna be in the the army and it's like okay cool we got it but But i feel like they had a lot that they need to like explain of how the whole thing was gonna be done yeah because they do also cut to the candy bar tycoon (laughs) is trying to figure out how to make baseball a thing still and Uh here's this ira guy he's gonna matter later in the movie too so we're gonna talk about him (laughs) yeah they tried to smash a lot into that one little bit of like okay now we don't have to explain it because everyone knows that's how which is fine and especially early on in a movie there's just a a handful of times in this movie they do these huge expo dumps and i'm just Mm -hmm. like dude like (laughs) some of the movies like so good and subtle like some of the relationship stuff but then sometimes it's like and later in the scene with Tom Hanks, when he's talking to the candy bar guy, mm-hmm. the, the baseball owner, the baseball owner is like, you were this, but then you were this and you yeah. did this. And it's like, yeah, okay, man. Like, I got it. Like, don't have to, you could, you could slowly unveil his backstory as the movie right. goes on, but they choose to just dump it. Like, oh, you became such a drunk and you like, there's like lines that I was like, whoa, this is a little brutal. Well, I almost um, feel like it is because Tom Hanks is just so likable. Like they need to like throw out all the horrible shit he did right away. So it's like, okay, we need need to not like tom hanks's character now yeah, he's like he's like oh you fell out of a hotel he's like i fell out of a hotel he's like yeah because you were drunk and he's just like oh well or it there was, was on fire, fire. And he's like yeah you lit you the, fire. the fire which i had to pay for <laughs> um uh let's see here uh so we were oh, okay yeah the tom the tom hanks expo dump doesn't happen for a while yeah it's way uh, later uh i was like for some reason in my head I had that happening a little earlier but that doesn't happen until they even like do the tryouts and shit but yeah so I, I do have a note they're they're so dirty in this movie all oh, the yeah. time and I'm not sure why like I'm like they're especially their faces I was like why are their faces always so dirty uh, and I just I, I just had a note about it it was, just made me laugh because uh, uh, I just was I, I don't know like why are you guys like rolling around in the mud all the time like <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel like a lot of that has to do with uh, just the fact that it's like women were expected to be so, you know, pretty, like the whole charm school stuff. It's like such an opposite of that, that like, okay, yeah, you're training us for the beauty freaking pageant, but we're playing baseball. Like we're literally in the dirt, like, yeah. And like, even towards like later where they're like, you know, yeah, get, get dirty. Like, that's like a big, like, you know, don't be like what your parents want you to be and be a woman and a wife, like go get dirty, you know? Um, I, I like it metaphorically, yeah. but it also like a little overboard. It, it just read a little bit like makeup person right before they rolled Smudged. was like smudging <laughs> shit on their faces. Like like the bruises were maybe real, but the dirt was like so like put there. Although, it, it's after, always the same smear too, like kind of across the side of their nose. I will like, say, like <laughs> as someone who played, some of that 
Like, I would get home and I'm like, I'd have like dirt, like caked at the side of my mouth. Sure. I'm like, how the fuck did it that is, it happen? Is, it is like, <laughs> it is, like in, their, in their defense, they're on dusty ass baseball fields. Yeah, it seems extra dusty. <laughs> dusty ass farmlands. Mm-hmm. Like, they would get dirty. And they're farm girls. Yeah. Um, but they're doing their chores. Uh, they're milking cows. And then John Lovitz just stumbles into the barn, <laughs> stumbles into the movie, basically. Yeah. And he's just going a mile a minute. Oh, like, yeah. He talks like so fast and funny. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, okay, I want you're gonna play baseball for me. You're gonna do the thing. And he right off the bat is like, I want Dottie. I don't really give a shit about Kit. Mm-hmm. Dottie, I can market Dottie, and she's good. Yeah, and she's hot. It's very and blunt the, about it yeah, too. And he just basically <laughs> says it to Kit's face, and yeah. Kit's like crushed or whatever. I don't want you. <laughs> and, and, we, and we get some like good stuff with Dottie to where she's trying really hard to fight for Kit. Uh-huh. Where she's like, she's a good pitcher, and she's she you should take her and. Mm-hmm. Like there's a really weird like and John Lovitz is great. Uh, yeah. Like I don't want to gloss over him too much, but mm-hmm. you know, if you watch the movie, you, he's got all sorts of cracks. Like when they're oh, yeah. he's like, oh, you pull on me that hard. There's no way. <laughs> like he makes like a weird penis joke. Like when they're yeah. pulling on the cows stuff or whatever. He's got like a lot of like sarcastic like stay here and be milkmaids, whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's a very big city guy. Yeah. Like which he, he doesn't look it because it's John Lovitz and he's yeah. just silly. But he's like clearly like a Chicago guy. Yeah. Uh, who's just like comes in and he's he's like in a suit to win he, lo- he looks all clean and mm-hmm. stuff it's like a good juxtaposition um well and it does establish the time really well of like okay men are saying very inappropriate things yes. to women because they can and they do yeah <laughs> and he like grabs kit on the arm at one point mm-hmm. and he's he like kind of feels her arm he's like oh maybe you do kind of have an arm but it's also like weird yeah uh, but basically he's he's basically like Look, if Dottie will come, then I guess you can come too. What the fuck? It's just another ticket. Who yeah. cares? I don't care. Right. Um, I want Dottie bad enough that I'll take you too. And so, you know, you get uh, them having a scene together to where she's like, I want to go. And she convinces Dottie to go. Mm-hmm. I think it plays it like kind of like, oh, are they going to go? Because it doesn't actually show them saying they're going to go. It just cuts to the train. Right. And John Lovitz gets to do more bits on the train <laughs> or whatever, yelling at that guy, like I mentioned before. And then they're coming up on the train, like, wait for us, wait for us. And it's like, oh, they're going to come or whatever. And there's like, you get a fun scene to where mm-hmm. uh, Gina Davis is like easily keeping up with the train, just kind of like, it's a really good little bit to where we're all establishing her athletic prowess mm-hmm. while also it's kind of comedic. Yeah. And it's just like, she's like grabbing the bags, tossing them in. John Lovitz is just like, he's so like, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like, he's like, like, oh, <laughs> there you are. Um, she get, they get on the, they get on the train um, and they think they're heading to Chicago. John Lovitz is like, we got to make a stop. We got to look at another girl. What are you, jealous? <laughs> Whatever. It's just like, okay. And I guess Lori, Lori Petty had to like bite her tongue on the scenes with him because he was so funny and she actually like made herself bleed because in order to like, because I always watch scenes where there's like a really funny guy in it to yeah. see if they break at all. And like, they, they do a great job of staying like straight faced when they're yeah. talking. I'm like, I couldn't do that. Uh, on, on that show, Barry, um, with uh, Bill Hader, mm-hmm. there's a side character who, who actually played the robot in that Bill and Ted, in the new Bill and Ted movie. Okay, um, but he's like really funny. And if you watch Bill Hader, like notoriously breaks a <laughs> lot because that was like a whole bit on SNL, right? Where John, uh, uh, the comedian, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the what's his name? Like the like the because Bill Clinton never forgets a bitch, or you know what I'm talking about. Uh, nah. 
What's I don't watch name? a lot of SNL. John Mulaney. Oh, Mulaney. Okay, uh, yeah. Mulaney would write bits for his Stefan character, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't know what he was reading beforehand. Uh-huh. And the whole bit became him reading it with trying not to laugh. <laughs> um, but on that show, like you could see scenes where they had to shoot around Bill Hader cracking. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, that's funny to hear that they were cracking from John. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. He's like... I would I'd be surprised if everything that he delivers in this movie was actually in the script. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling he went off cuff a little bit, yeah. and they were like, "Just fucking I think, keep yeah. going." I think they. I think I did read that they kind of let him have a lot more to say than they intended, just because he was so. And funny. he's such a small role in the movie. I, I have to imagine that he wasn't terribly. I don't know what his career was like before this, mm-hmm. but I assume this was like a good piece for him to be like. Hey, yeah. look how good I was in this movie. Right. Like, sadly, the movie I almost associate him with the most is Little Nicky. <laughs> uh, when I think of John Lovitz, I right. sadly think of Little Nicky as the movie I think of. Well, and I was reading through some of the <laughs> trivia on the the IMDb for this, and they, they somebody somebody made a point to say, you know, the scene where he's like, oh, you know, if you milked me, like, that, that would bruise like hell. And, <laughs> and then they say, well, later, he plays someone who does get milked. And I'm like, and I think it was one in, like, I don't know if it was Little Nicky or it was one of them where he had like cow udders and he gets milked and I'm like somebody put that on there as trivia oh it's, no that's the worst <laughs> IMDB trivia is so bad oh yeah three out of seven people found this helpful right uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same person with three different accounts <laughs> um, oh no they go to visit this other girl. She's mm-hmm. in a gymnasium. Yeah. It's, just, it's a fun setting. It doesn't make any sense, but it's like fun to see her smash the windows out. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like maybe that, because I think he's like a coach. Like yeah, her dad is a coach. He's like, he seems like a gym teacher or yeah. something. And these these boys are all been roped into, because they're all so mad about like getting line drives smashed at them. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, switch to lefty. And they're all like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and she's like smashing windows, but he doesn't, he's, the dad's into it because he's he just he's gonna get his girl he's gonna impress the scout and she's gonna go play baseball yeah um we get like everyone gets like little character bits and so we in this scene like we learn that marla's mom died a long time ago she was raised by a single father mm-hmm. he's, he's got this like sad sap emotional like i know she's not a looker yeah but i raised her like a son it's all i knew and blah 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 it's my fault and- oh yeah because one of the <laughs> best scenes is where she has she has her head down the hat's covering her face and then he's he's like take your hat off honey and she does and looks up and her eyes are like huge because they have her looking up and he just goes Ugh. like oh my god like oh, never mind we're yeah. good we need a pretty one <laughs> and it's it's classic bullshit to where it's like she's not an unattractive woman no they really <laughs> uglied her up for yeah. that like her hair just looks green and unwashed and it's like even if she was raised by you know a man like you'd at least shower yeah <laughs> it's like she's and she's doing a great job like put it on this like sad pug face too mm-hmm. um but it's like it's a little uncomfortable to watch watching a guy be like oh we can't take you because you're so ugly and right and you got to watch gina davis be like fuck you yeah. you need to take her also she's really fucking good uh, so that's it'd be ridiculous to pass up someone that's like such a good hitter. Oh yeah, um, who's, they, who can switch hit? Oh yeah, uh, which is uh, insane. <laughs> and so they they basically and then like I thought that would be enough, but then we have to have a scene of the dad appealing to John Love. It's finally he's just like fuck it, get right, on the bus. Yeah. I don't care. It's <laughs> always stories with you people. And you're just like okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, which I guess it is kind of funny because like the whole thing is like all these women and the outrage of them going from housewife to ball player. But this girl was raised a ball player and the dad has to like apologize for how he raised her even yeah. though it's totally fine for like women to, which not at the time I guess 
But, like, that was kind of cool to see, like, okay, this is one without a female influence. I do find her arc to be very strange in the movie, though. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> like, of all the characters that I thought would leave the team, yeah. she's definitely not the one I would have thought would drop out because she met a guy. And, like, I'm like she's established as such a great hitter. Well, she does <laughs> say that she'll be back next season. Yeah. So, she, I think she's just so excited that, you know, this brought her out of her shell and she met a man and, like, you know, <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna go run off together, but I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, which is nice, but it's like, yeah, he, uh, John Lovitz delivers them to the tryouts, mm-hmm. and he's just basically like, "Here you go, see you later." And they're like, "Wait, where are you going?" Yeah. And he gets to do his big exit, where he's just like, he he says like some really fucked up. He's like, "I'm gonna go home, give my wife the old pickle, pickle, uh, tickle, pickle, tickle." <laughs> he's like, "I'll be back. You'll see me again." And yeah. it turns out you won't. No. I didn't realize in, in this movie that it was just gonna be so meta. It was literally him leaving the movie, and right. and, and I kind of forgot about him after a while. Uh, you almost expect him to show up again, but they must have been like, "We have John Lovitz for three days." Right. Uh, this is what we have. <laughs> they, they do play the older version of him like yeah. he's still alive technically at the end like yeah. as you see different people are dead he was one of the older ones that i didn't think would still be alive <laughs> like, yeah okay uh, um tom hanks dies at the end uh mm-hmm. but he lived to be 80 which is pretty good for a massive alcoholic, alcoholic. <laughs> yeah that's what i thought too i'm like all these like women who are still alive and some of them the husbands die and i'm like ah, tom hanks should have probably died because of liver disease like he probably got back on <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's kind of implied he maybe takes it a little easier on the booze i mean yeah. it, there's a whole scene to where let's have a drink and she gives him a coke or whatever mm-hmm. um but so we're at the tryouts and, yeah. and then this we just get it again as someone who's never, as someone who's never seen this movie it's like i'm trying really hard to keep up with who the can- oh, camera's paying attention everybody. to like right off the bat we get rosie o'donnell and madonna and, yeah. and the great character introduction they're being super new yorky yeah. back and forth like i'm gonna crush it and madonna's like smoking a cigarette which is yeah always just especially in old timey movies it's so funny to see athletes smoking oh yeah like um, cause it's like so bad for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're immediately, uh, you, you clock Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna, even I'm like, okay, they're, yeah, they they're matter. on the team. Yeah. Um, and, and they're giving, like, they immediately have a clash with, uh, Dottie and, uh, Kit. Yeah. I, I think Kit maybe mouths off to them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they throw, Rosie O'Donnell like throws a ball at her and Gina Davis just fucking <laughs> catches it with Bare one hands, hand. Yeah. And, and she just looks like such an Amazon in that moment oh, yeah. too. Well, and just to think how bad that would sting your hand and for yeah. her to not even flinch. <laughs> and then Rosie and I was like, hey, how'd you do that? Right. Hey. And they're just ignoring her and they're right. like, okay, maybe you will. Maybe you'll be yeah, on the team yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you'll be good. Which the funny thing is Lori Petty and Rosie O'Donnell, they were the best players like out of everybody. Like oh, really? they would have uh, batting, like hitting competitions because and uh, there's a scene where uh, Rosie O'Donnell throws two balls at I, once. I, I noticed that. that she was like, can do that. As a, the way they shot it, I was like, she yeah. just did that. She really like, can do that. Yeah. Like, they didn't cheat that shot because it's just over her shoulder and she throws it yeah. and it goes to the two spots. And I was like, oh, Rosie O'Donnell's like a beast. Oh, yeah. she's Her Her and Lori Petty apparently were the best players That's out of really everybody. That's really funny. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell's like clearly good. Oh, yeah. Um, they do a really... I didn't, I'm surprised to hear you say Madonna was awful. I won't say they, she was awful. Like they, 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 said, do, they do a really good job cutting around yeah. I, but the, when you said that the more I thought about it I was like they do only have her like do stuff every once in a great while yeah, so she, she does like the hat catch yeah I feel like you don't see her bat too much yeah um 
I guess so, so she she would was able to keep up with everybody, but there were just certain things that technically she couldn't do, like field grounders, which is a big one. Which I mean, on that dusty ass like bumpy thing, if you have a grounder coming at you, it's gonna come it's hit you hard, in the face man. if you don't do it right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but I think she's the only one that struggled. Um, we see a handful of other characters like that I, are going to become important later, but they they're they're like the more side side characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tryout montage. A lot of montages in this movie. Classic sports shit. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Always good songs. And just, we get a lot of like, really, I, one of my favorite moments is like, we see this one catcher. She makes a throw to second. <laughs> yeah. And it has to like take a couple hops. And yeah. then Gina Davis steps up and she just fucking throws a rope straight oh, yeah. to second. And the, even the person on second. A lot, there's a lot of moments in this movie where someone like, Wince is like, ooh, that yeah. was really hard. I caught it in my glove, but it still hurt a little bit. Uh, but yeah. everybody's like, holy shit, Gina Davis. And like, uh, I think we see some of Kit pitching, and she's clearly good. Um, but we all know they're going to make the team. Right, um, yeah. They're just very good at the subtleties without saying, oh, yeah, she's great. It's yeah. just a, like the other catcher looking down like, well, I'm not as good as her. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> which it doesn't really say like how they were put on the teams, but it also seems like a lot of the better players got put on the peaches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, I feel like, cause that's, you know, who they're centering around. So it just happened yeah. to work out that um, way. Well, I'm, and it's I'm interesting just curious that if there was any both... sort of draft or if it was just like, uh, so-and-so's on this team, so-and-so's on this team. Cause they don't have their coaches yet. So Uh-oh, I don't know yeah. if it was just randomized or, right. or what, but I feel um, like a lot of it was like by whatever they were best at. Like, cause obviously you got your pitcher catcher. Sure. Like, so they would divvy those up and then I guess the rest kind of would fall into play. I like, cause I mean, just being playing ball myself, like with us, it's just like, Oh, Hey, you get a bunch of girls. You get a bunch of girls. These are your girls. Like they actually would try out and like, you'd see, okay, you're better for this base. You're better for this one. That makes sense. I do love in the credits that they, their character names also have their positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. like just a really cute little detail, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. Cause like for me, I was, it excited me. Cause I was like writing a baseball movie. Baseball is maybe the best cinematic um, sport. Mm-hmm. I would say, because like, it just it just lends itself really well to cinema. The showdown between mm-hmm. the pitcher and the batter. Yeah, you can just make it so cinematic. Yeah, I I, I would definitely like like I love football and I, and mm-hmm. I grew up I love basket growing up I love basketball. Yeah, I just think I think there's just I, I if you gun to my head if you were like how many what sport has the best movies mm-hmm. I would say probably baseball. Yeah, um, it just they they're not masked. There's no helmets on them, so that you can see their faces. Right, and it's just like the rhythm of the game. You can you can pace it however you want. Mm-hmm. You can skip eight innings if you really need to. Right, or whole not, games in their yeah, case. <laughs> it's fine. And there's yeah. so many games. Uh, that's the other thing. Like with baseball seasons, you can lose and win and lose and win oh, yeah. and rise and fall and mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of room for ups and downs because they play like eighty some odd games a year. Yeah. Whereas like football, you like if you're play, if you're watching a college football movie, if they lose two games, they they're fine. Right. <laughs> like, uh, you can't have them lose games where in baseball you can lose like I mean like major league yeah. and stuff like that uh, well and it's funny because yeah with like other sports like it's very team oriented that everyone's doing stuff at once but with baseball it's okay you have one batter one hitter yeah. the catcher so you have these three people playing right now everyone else is just waiting and that's a, my, my husband 
says he hates baseball, like play, <laughs> playing it. He's like, because you sit so much, and because he, he played soccer, so they're like running all the time. Sure. And I'm like, that's exhausting. Like at least here, <laughs> but at the same time, when it comes down to you know you're batting, it's like tied and or like you're down and you need this hit. Like it feels so much like the whole game is on you. Like and yeah. if you lose it, you lose it for the team. And the pacing of it too, to where it's like you can be down in the bottom inning and mm-hmm. it's just like oh man it's come down to this and yeah um that's yeah that's- i was gonna i was gonna mention i can imagine it's really fun with this where you're like you can kind of think of your characters as like who's gonna be the catcher mm-hmm. who's gonna be the pitcher yeah. who's gonna be my first baseman and even like sort of form their personalities around that too mm-hmm. which i think is fun yeah um but yeah they're sitting down the guys like announcing like go check the the boards we get this really like she's like Aww. she's so sad oh it's like, so the, bad like it'd be one thing if she just was kind of awkward but right. it, it hangs on it so long and yeah. she seems so upset uh, and he's like if your name's not on the list then get the hell out of here and finally a girl comes over and she's just like can you not read honey and she's just like she's no, like what's your name crying and, and, and she's like Shirley Baker and she's like you're on you're a peach yeah. and they're like yeah come over here like meanwhile there's like 30 girls that are just presumably crying on their way home or whatever right um <laughs> but yeah, big like I think really important scene here mm-hmm. though because this is the scene where he's all like, and then we're gonna be have a women's league. It's gonna be great, and I'm gonna coach for the, this team, and then we're gonna get you guys other managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's your uniform oh that you guys are gonna God. wear. It's pretty nifty, <laughs> and you see this girl come out and like Ugh. she's in a skirt. And there's wolf whistles, and the guys yeah. are all like, "Yeah." And the girls are immediately like, "What the fuck?" Like, is how this? can you slide in that? <laughs> yeah, and you're basically and like Gina Davis is like, "I have to squat in that thing," where you're basically <laughs> your ass is gonna hang out of this dress. <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah, I don't know how, how, like, how can you slide with no pants? That's so awful. Well, and that's the thing, too, with, like, the real injuries. Like, when you're sliding, and, I mean, there's rocks and shit in that dirt. Like, you're going to cut the shit out of your freaking leg, or you're going to hit the ground hard, and it's going to have all this, like, great, you're going to get freaking road rash (laughs) trying to slide. Um, Ugh. And this is where I'll I'll do my really brief uh, college stuff. So there's this concept that I studied in college called overdetermined femininity. Uh-huh. And the, the idea behind this concept is it was originally the woman that the research paper that I based this off of, she was analyzing figure skating mm-hmm. and she was talking about how the women in figure skating are doing just as athletic of feats as the men in oh, figure yeah. skating, but they have to overcompensate by playing up their feminine aspects mm-hmm. with the costumes and the music they choose and right. be more graceful and blah, blah, blah. So the concept is basically when a woman is doing something masculine, mm-hmm. she often has to overcompensate in her feminine traits right. to still feel to appeal like as a woman right and i i use this to analyze jessica from true blood i've never watched that um it's just she's a vampire Uh and i was talking about how the show even though she's a badass vampire yeah using this concept and and i think it's something that applies really well to media Mm -hmm. where you have these badass female characters but you always got to like play up their sexuality right they're a sex pot and they do this that they're still a woman though even though they could murder everybody in the room you still got to know that they're a chick Uh, right and like i think it just 
really, like, if I had seen this movie when I was in college, before I had done this paper in college, I probably would have referenced it. Oh, absolutely. Because it's all over the place in this movie where it's like, these women are doing these amazing feats, but they got to be in fucking skirts to do it. Right. And they got to go to charm school mm-hmm. and act like ladies. And I just wanted to touch on it briefly because oh, yeah. I really find that concept really interesting. And I always watch media through that lens now. Mm-hmm. I'm always keeping an eye on like what... And again, it's very strange. It's, and I know she's probably. It's probably really just how it was back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I imagine that's probably the outfits they wore in the league. It is, but it, yeah. is, it is interesting. Like that, a female directed movie is like. But it is like, like as an audience member, you are supposed to be like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to be like, yeah, it's cool. Right. Like you are supposed to be like, this is kind of horseshit yeah. that, that they're doing this, and it is very like. It's one of those things where it's like by showing you the patriarchy and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's showing you the bad stuff about it right. by doing it. Where some movies do that poorly by like, oh, we're just doing the thing. Isn't that bad? This movie's like showing you it in a nice like subtle way where it's just being realistic about it. Mm-hmm. But you're as an audience member, especially in present day, you're just kind of like, man, this was really shitty that they had to well, go like, through this kind of stuff. And you got to think too, it was a bunch of men that were on that board yeah. who were like, okay, if we're going to do women in baseball – who's going to want to watch it? How are we going to get them to watch it? Let's give them these skimpy little dresses yeah. that they'll, they'll be able to see their legs. Men will come watch that because yeah. they can see the women. And so, because even the um, the whiz kid or whatever, the uh, Lowenstein, he was there and he's like, well, if you guys aren't going to play, then these other women will play. Yeah, he this has, is what his, people want. His line is like, he's like, if you guys have a problem with this outfit, I got 38 other women that would play in a fucking bathing yeah, suit. Yeah, and that was just like, <laughs> it, it gives you that like image of a woman in a freaking bikini playing baseball and it's just so well done. It reminds me of the lingerie bowl that they used to do. Oh my God. I don't know if they still do it or not. I hope not. That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, it's like uh, uh, female stunt stuntmen will talk all the time about how hard it is to be a female stunt worker mm-hmm. because stuntmen can wear all sorts of padding because they'll just be wearing clothes like a man will, a man will wear. Yeah. There's all these women like who've had to take falls for women that are in like skimpy clothing Ugh. so they can't hide pads right. so they're like way more prone to getting hurt oh, yeah. and stuff and it's just it's really brutal uh-huh. um, well because you gotta think of the, like those ones where it's like you know an agent and heels and a skirt and yeah. she's in a party but she's got to like duck and roll and I'm like how do you do that yeah, with, yeah like no pants <laughs> well, on well it's like there's like an inf- like infamous girls can do everything men can do except backwards and in heels and stuff yeah. like that like <laughs> I don't know but it's just it's a, it's a, it is an important scene i think it's mm-hmm. very yeah much setting up the you guys are going to be ball players but you also got to be sexy women right and we get a montage later i'll just mention it now where yeah. they're like when they're starting to blow up where it's like check her out she's a real beauty queen and blah blah yeah. blah and they this fucking <laughs> shot of marla <laughs> that's my favorite part look at her wave look she's a great hitter she's such a Good hitter. Right. And she's standing. So I was just like, oh my God. That that was kind of brutal. Because again, it's like, I know the joke is that the men are the ones that are doing this. Mm-hmm. But it also like, I feel like the movie also wants you to, because it is comedically timed. Yeah. And I, I I can't remember if I did laugh, but I was like, oh, I laughed. I don't know if I feel good laughing at this. <laughs> well, like. because they already had set it up before when they, they go to the beauty, like charm school and she's going woman to woman going, oh, lovely. Like, oh, okay, we got to you know, separate your eyebrows. There should be two of them. And she gets to Marla and she's like, she's like, what do you suggest? A lot of night games is what she says. And I'm like, oh no. And she's I, just standing I, there like. I cringe but it was a really funny it's, line like because it's so true because they really did like as much as it sucks like that's how they were 
recruiting women is they wanted lookers who could play. Yeah. And that's that's just the way it was. Well, I mean, it's it's still the same today. Like I don't know if you ever paid attention to UFC, Mm-mm. but when they finally started having women cage fight, it was attractive uh, women. <laughs> well, Gina Carano was the one that blew up, and she, yeah. it's because she was hot. Like, right. it's just like people like people like like Cyborg and stuff like that, but she's not marketable. Mm-hmm. You see people like Ronda Rousey and Gina Carano who that would kick you, you your can fucking you, ass. They can kick your ass, but you can also doll them up yeah. and make them look hot and put right. them like naked on a Sports Illustrated and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's still they're still to this day doing right. that shit. Like female athletes are still judged on their looks uh and it's just it's pretty brutal Mm -hmm. um i don't know i always think about um i'm not gonna go down that's a long (laughs) Um, that's a whole nother podcast episode uh we meet we finally meet tom hanks Mm -hmm. like we said big expo dump about he was a wash he's a washed out ball player Mm -hmm. he used to be really i think it's like says he's i don't know if it was 58 hits or 58 home runs home runs which is like I, I don't think that's realistic. I don't know for sure because like, was, I remember the home run race back in the day and it was a big yeah. deal when like Mark McGuire cracked 60. So I was like, did he really get, it's like 58 seems like a lot. I think his character was based on a couple of those like bit, like Babe Ruth and like the ones that were like, you know, like had some addiction issues, but yeah. they were great players. So like, I think he was loosely based on like some of those sure. that were like crazy. Like, yeah, but oh his, my God. His knees are bad. Yeah. Um, he's just a, washed up drunk mm-hmm. um it's it's implied that he like he, the guy that he's talking to i got all the old men confused i didn't know which was the chocolate bar guy and which i feel like this guy it was like an actual baseball guy who uh tom hanks was talking to i don't think it was the chocolate no, bar he guy was the chocolate bar was guy it? yeah because that was harvey that okay. he, but because he runs the league like the, I, think okay. the, I think he ran like the men's stuff too maybe yeah he's just in charge of everything he I just guess. owns a lot of <laughs> shit and he's um, into baseball but he's like he's like he's like don't fuck up like you did in i don't know tampa bay or whatever he says yeah. so it's like implied he like maybe gave tom hanks a job before mm-hmm. tom hanks just got drunk and fucked it up and he's like uh you're gonna coach some women nobody cares it's like a low stakes thing right you just you just come out wave your hat like yeah, people still wave your little hat around wave your little hat give the crowd a thrill because <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're trying anything they can to get attention so right. basically stunt casting their manager mm-hmm. um but he's just a miserable drunk oh yeah um <laughs> and like right off the bat uh I think we cut from there to him storming into the dugout mm-hmm. and taking a big old piss. Yeah, um, that's the very first time that he's introduced to the team. Like they, the, yeah. the ones trying to get him to sign the baseball card, and he storms by her to go straight to pee. Yeah, and presumably he's been drinking all day. Um, it's like goes on for a really long time to where Rosie down's like, "Time him, time him. Yeah. That's gotta be a record." And John's like, "Shut up, shut up." But she's got to watch. The whole dynamic of the scene is very strange, and I was really shocked at this point because, uh, like. I, I it gave me this brain blast from when I uh, I used to read cracked.com articles all the time. Mm-hmm. They would do these lists and I, I looked it up right today when I was thinking about it. Um, it was like th- five actors who do the same thing in every movie. And I remembered <laughs> when the scene started happening, I was like, Tom H- like there's this thing where Tom Hanks pisses in every movie. Huh. And I read back through the little section and it's true. Yeah. Like, like this is the first time he really does it in a, in a movie. This is yeah. the first time he storms in and just pisses forever. <laughs> yeah. He basically has like an orgasm face. <laughs> but like Castaway, mm-hmm. Terminal, uh, I think Money Pit, uh, yeah. the peen factors in. Right. And then the other big one is the Green Mile. 
to where oh. he can't pee standing up. Huh. And it's a whole thing. <laughs> like, it's huh. just this weird thing where Tom Hanks, like, pisses in movies. Right. And this is where it all started. <laughs> uh, it's very... It's it's a funny introduction. I think thematically yeah. it works really well. Yeah. Him just ignoring all these women to go straight to a urinal and pee. I think I heard someone describe it as like a Tom Hanks, if you don't have a penis, you don't matter to him. You might as well yeah. not exist. Well, and you have all these women who in a time where it's very much men, women, and, and he has like the audacity to pee in front of all these yeah. women who are immediately like shamed and looking away, except for May, who's like the sexualized one. He's <laughs> yeah. like, ooh, and she starts walking up. Like, <laughs> and I guess even Tom Hanks didn't know how long that peeing was going to go. Like they <laughs> didn't tell him when it was going to stop so he just had to kind of keep acting and it was ended up being like almost a whole minute yeah but like it was just like i think penny had a like bucket and a hose and they just kept going and so then like when they like stop it a little and he had to like you know, pretend like he's trying to get the last of it out and rosie's still like oh that still counts keep timing keep timing yeah there's a lot of uh this movie has a lot of uh people yelling stuff in the background mm -hmm. and rosie o'donnell's uh, one of the biggest oh, ones she's, she's always screaming something in the background and it's pretty hilarious a lot of good like i don't know if it was on set or if it's just adr or, uh -huh. or what but and the, the, the sound mixing of tom hanks piss is insane <laughs> It's so loud. It like, it's pretty. It's like they have it right next to the freaking like <laughs> mic. Like just record it. <laughs> the bucket. Uh, but he, I, I have a real thing for uh, uh, when people have objects that are sentimental to them, uh -huh. and so it really, really crushed me when he rips up that girl's baseball card. Oh, well, she was afraid to even give it to the other girl. Yeah. She's like he'd kill me if anything happened to yeah, it. Yeah, he just tears it up. I was like, oh, he's a completely awful person yeah. he just goes straight to the dugout and waves his little hat he's, yeah. like, he's basically like fuck all of you, yeah. you pieces of shit and then he just <laughs> nods off and they're like who's gonna we need a yeah. coach to make a lineup. What's going on? <laughs> what are we going to do? They all start like completely freaking out. And Dottie's just like guys yeah. chill the fuck out. <laughs> right. They're like well who's going to make the lineup? You? And she's like yeah May, you're in right field. And you're going to start off hitting. It's yeah, like, okay. just, she just takes care of it. She just takes over. Yeah. Because she's just like in control. She's like mature. She's mm -hmm. got her shit together. And they're really lucky to have her because Tom Hanks isn't doing anything. Right. Um, so Dottie basically just becomes the manager. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just it just goes from there. Yeah. Like, I think... Uh, like the, we get this first game to where the crowd is shitty, they're taunting the women. There's barely anybody there. There's a guy yeah. on the dugout. <laughs> I'm a girl. Yeah. I can't throw. And then like I think Evelyn or somebody just beans him, mm -hmm. and they all laugh. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, like it slipped. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. It's amazing how the games just kind of blend together. Like so much happens yeah. game to game. I have Dottie home run to win. I think it's just, we just see them win their first game. I think mm -hmm. Tom Hanks like maybe kind of notices that they won, but doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Lowenstein's like in the crowd, like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. This is where we get the Diamond Girls news broadcast. Diamond Girls. All right. Check them out. They're hot or whatever. Um, Come watch. Uh, Evelyn at this point is like, my husband needs me to take my son. Oh, my God. Uh, I love with, her. with us. Still well. Did, still did, well. You, did you ever watch Monk? No, I didn't. She plays a monk's assistant. Okay. And when I originally was like watching this, obviously it was before Monk, and then like after I had watched Monk, didn't even make that connection until just recently. I'm like, oh holy shit, that's Monk's like assistant. Like, cause she like that's that ran for a lot of seasons, and I didn't <laughs> even connect her to it, which just goes to show how many people are in this yeah. that had great careers 
the the like I totally didn't even remember. But yeah, her character I love because yeah, she's the mom. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she brings Stillwell along, and we just immediately Stillwell's an absolute fucking nightmare. Little shit. Uh, <laughs> face covered in chocolate, <laughs> Augustus Gloop style. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's I don't a, know why he's he's a, he's a chubby little bastard. Yeah. Um, makes the bus driver quit. <laughs> Would you? I I thought this would be like more of a plot point, uh-huh. but really it's just like the bus driver storms off. This gives the girls a chance to like say they're going to go hang out at a bar mm-hmm. later, <clears throat> a bar later. It's almost just like a transition scene. Yeah, they're, they're all smoking and stuff, even though they were told they can't smoke and drink. So right. they're all just like puffing away, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Like, Dolly, you going to come to the bar with us?" And she's like, "Nah." Tom Hanks wakes up for some reason, just immediately kisses yeah. that woman who I don't even know who that woman she's is. She's a chaperone. Okay, it's Miss Cuthbert. That's yeah, and he like kisses her, and then he realizes he's kissing her, and he's like, "What? No, why did I do that?" <laughs> and then, very disturbingly, he hops behind the wheel of the after bus. probably being drunk. Yeah, <laughs> that was like what was funny to me was I was like, "Oh no!" Like I almost did like a Home Alone face clap when right. that happened, but then it just cuts to them at the hotel. Yeah, like it didn't matter. I feel like he's a very functional drunk. <laughs> like he's one of those people who are like, oh, "I drive better when I'm drunk. Yeah. I pay more attention. It's fine." <laughs> I, I thought they were gonna make more of a meal out of that, but they just kind of just cut to the hotel. Well, and I feel like back then it wasn't even that big of a deal to be oh, like drinking and driving. I think you'd be shocked at how late in uh, it we went to where <laughs> drinking and driving was actually like a criminalized thing. I feel like, like wasn't it, it more towards like the seventies or eighties? I think even later, later than that. Because like, like, I mean, we grew you could, up. You with could drive the, around and like people would be like, "Oh, you got to be careful." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And then we grew up with all the dare and like, "Oh my god, if you drink." And well, I mean, it is die. horrible. There's so it many is. people that like. But it's funny to th- see that like time. I, I, I do think as, as like cars have gotten more plasticky and mm-hmm. roads have gotten faster, yeah. it's maybe even more of a big deal than right. it was. Like like get people on a highway. Like it, I think crashes are a lot more these days yeah it was back in like the 80s and i mean there's still fast cars and stuff like that yeah. but also shit was made out of metal yeah like <laughs> well you like, even see one of theirs like the t style like old cars that it's like crank it or something yeah. like they were pretty old i had a friend uh in high school he had a van that was a metal van and he got fucking t-boned <sighs> and he could he either would have gotten seriously injured or even killed yeah. if he had if his van hadn't been a metal van wow. but because it was a metal van it just took the force pretty pretty right. well yeah. i think it totaled the van but it was like man i don't know but it's also like i know they make stuff safe these days yeah. they try but right. i don't know it's it you want to talk about a rabbit hole i could go on a whole <laughs> rabbit hole about sure. how many people die a day from automobile accidents and we just kind of like yeah whatever it's just the fact, facts of life well, yeah well i work <laughs> at a law firm where i mean i read stuff about people getting killed on them all the time and it's freaking terrifying <laughs> um god <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> We get to the suds bucket. Uh, <laughs> Great scene. It's uh, almost kind of like, yeah, now we get to see them unwinding. Oh, yeah. They're, they're having a ball. They're drinking. <laughs> I, I, it's always funny to me as a someone that describes himself as a mostly straight man uh-huh. to see scenes where uh, our cast of female characters is excited and titillated by all these boys uh-huh. being around because that stuff never does anything for me to where they're like oh my gosh a boy I can make out with or whatever right. well always- I mean Kit and them were <laughs> in the freaking small town in the farm like see, yeah. she never sees boys so to have any attention like thrown at yeah. her 
is great. Um, we, we have basically a montage, which is very centered on May, like dan- mm-hmm. doing this really insane dance sequence yeah. where everyone's like, May is such a great dancer, but it's also like the guy is like spinning her all over the place. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I guess, like clearly they hired a guy that was like a good dancer. Like, well, he's the one that was Carmine, the one that dances with May. He's fucking yeah. pretty good, I'd well, say. Well, because I mean, with, so he was on Laverne and Shirley, so Penny Marshall knew him, so she probably knew, oh, you can dance. Yeah. Like, we'll get you in here. It's a, it's a lot of fun. We just get to see them party. Uh-huh. Um, I think May's like making out with somebody. Like Gina Davis storms in and she's like, uh-huh. hey, uh, Lowenstein's like going to show up, so you guys need to... Like I thought it was gonna, it was the the pacing of the scene was kind of funny to me because I thought they were gonna put up more of a fight. Yeah. I thought they were gonna be like, "Fuck it, who cares? We should be allowed to unwind." Well, and it's <laughs> interesting because like the whole reason they were out was because they poisoned the chaperones' oh, meal. Yeah. <laughs> like you totally missed that part where they're like, "Holy shit, are you gonna kill her?" Like she's yeah, throwing up her guts basically. Yeah, like the doctor's like, "I've never seen someone this sick before." And Tom Hanks is like nursing her. They're like, "What did you give her?" It's like it worked. It worked, don't it? Yeah. Like, it's like oh my god. <laughs> like so she's straight up. <laughs> poisoned her dinner <laughs> and which and it's funny because Gina Davis is the one that's like no I don't want to do this but then at the same time she doesn't want them to get shut sure. like, out of the league so yeah, she's so, the savior well it was just funny because she just shows up and they all listen to her mm-hmm. immediately which I was like I, I, I expected more resistance but even May who's like Seems like she's gonna go home with a guy. It's like, okay, well, I gotta go. And they're like, okay, it's everybody. Where's Marla? And then we give, <laughs> give Marla. She's just drunk as uh, hell on um, stage, like singing a song to this guy. And yeah. She's like, I didn't know. Yeah, whatever. I can't remember what the song it is. It had but. to be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's singing to this guy Nelson out, and he's just this really average-looking guy. But knowing how you know unattractive they made Marla, like she's eating it up, yeah. having this. Although attention. she's in this like really sexy dress. Oh, they dolled her up, like because this was after the beauty school where they had already, like I guess in the actual league they'd give them makeup kits, teach them how to use it because they had to always wear makeup or they would get like fined. And like Jesus. after so many fines, like or if your dress wasn't right, you'd get you know kicked out of the league. That's why the scene was so important because it shows okay, yeah, we can't get caught because they will boot you out of the yeah. league, like and you will lose. And they were making good money, like they brought that up originally. Was they right. were making like eighty five bucks a week or something, which is insane for them. Like they're like we only make like forty at the dairy, <laughs> like it's crazy. So they and they're basically just doing what they love. So yeah. like, they didn't want to throw that away getting caught. Yeah, I mean while the owners are probably all still making bajillions of dollars while they're right. paying them peanuts but <laughs> yeah. hey whatever <laughs> capitalism baby oh yeah um, for sure but yeah it had to be yeah. oh she just said so because even the like uh jazz players are just like you got one black guy he's just like shaking his head putting his hand over his face he was making a face to where i couldn't tell if he was horrified or really moved like, no it was horrified he was like he was shaking his head and it's like you could see him trying not to laugh like just like oh my god this is bad like she just probably went up there because they say she's like what did you give her she's like a lot of booze like so they got her wasted um we get a really brief scene where they're at a church and they're standing outside a confession booth and you hear this thump. I'm like, that's the second time I heard him drop his Bible and Madonna comes out and, it's, yeah. and she just has this like, she does this really great smarmy, like seductive, like kneel down and she touches the water and like crosses herself. And it's just this really brief, like character moment where it's just like, it's like, oh, she's like kind of naughty or whatever. Why yeah. did you tell him? She's like, everything. everything? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess originally um, both her and Rosie O'Donnell were supposed to be very sexual 
fictionalized character, <laughs> but like obviously that doesn't fit with Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. So they played her down in May way up. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense for Madonna, who's very like uh, classic sex pot. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, very infamous for putting her sexuality on display. Well, yeah, she had the the pointy like bra yeah. and everything. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think she's great in this movie. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, regardless of how she is in real life, like yeah. I, I, I every time she's on screen, I was pretty happy because I love the New York accent mm-hmm. and I just love like I love a sexually empowered character too. Yeah, and it's just like and, and she's not in the movie a whole lot. She's like mm-hmm. used sparingly in, in a way that feels pretty pretty good. Yeah, uh, she had just like the one scene where she got. To to do her own little like you can't shut us down i'm not going back to, yeah. to the dancing yeah having guys groping <laughs> yeah their gin sweat on me uh, uh, uh yeah she gets a, she gets a good little you can tell that's the, maybe even the scene that she auditioned with mm-hmm. the, a lot of actors go that was the audition scene yeah uh, that's probably that's probably the scene you come in and read when you're her like where you're mm-hmm. just like you can't make me go back i'm never going back right um uh uh, really brief scene of Hanks just out on a baseball field alone, like uh, hitting balls from a pitching machine, yeah. muttering to himself, "You suck! You hit like a girl now too." <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Very, which is really brief. Like, oh, he's losing his mind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Hanks and Davis compete. Uh, oh, that was. I think that's when he finally starts realizing they're like a good team. Oh, it's when it's when Davis is making the. Uh, Call mm-hmm. to to uh, Marla. Marla. Yeah. She tells her to uh, hit away. Or no, and, she says to bunt. Well, she says to bunt. Yeah, I meant to like she was yeah. gonna like bunt away. Um, and Hanks is like, "You're gonna have our best hitter <laughs> not swing for the fences." And they do this like I, I'm gesturing. It's audio, but yeah. like and they, they do all this gesturing. And it's this is the moment where it's like, "Oh man, Hanks is kind of taking an interest in the team a little bit." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard some complaints about how the movie really doesn't spend a lot of time like developing Hank's character. It just kind of insists as the movie goes along that he's like, I think there's little touches here and there, Mm -hmm. but it is like, he never has like a redemptive moment. He just kind of is like, I guess I'm in, should pay attention to this team a little bit because it doesn't suck. And he's still even up to the end is like, tall girl. (laughs) Beverly, (laughs) what's it? Tall girl. Oh, (laughs) but, uh, uh, he gets, he gets, uh, uh, Marla to swing away. She smacks a homer, I think, and they win. Yeah. And she's like, see, I'm yeah. right. And you're just like, <laughs> Davis is like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, well, and I guess originally they were supposed to have a romance between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks. It's definitely somewhat in there. Uh, well, they were supposed to have a kiss scene, but I guess Penny Marshall's like, no, I don't want this to distract too much from like what we're doing here. There's a couple scenes where, like, especially when they're on the bus together, yeah. when he's asking about her fella and she's asking about him. There's like there there is a little bit of sexual tension between them too. It's almost like they filmed that and then they decided, oh wait, no, we probably shouldn't have I them get together. I think it actually is fine because it does feel like there would be sexual tension between those two characters. Yeah, and it actually makes Davis's character even more likable to that she doesn't cheat on her husband and she's right. faithful and like she clearly does love her husband mm-hmm. and it makes Tom Hanks it softens Tom Hanks's character up a little bit too because he's like sees this woman but he's not like he doesn't do anything lewd or anything untoward yeah. towards her which is, that goes a long way because mm-hmm. it's like this man in charge of this large swath of women yeah. like you could assume some sketchy stuff could happen oh yeah <laughs> uh, so the fact that he doesn't go into that like there's a scene late in the movie where he's like coming in oh no uh, you're all dressed yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like dang too late <laughs> um but 
Uh, yeah, I feel like they do just enough with him to make him like he's definitely a, an alcoholic who had issues with w- marriages and women. Yeah, but. he has a line where uh, he's like, "I was married twice, divorced, or whatever." She's like, "Any kids?" And he's like, "One of what? them." Was. Yeah, and I like listen to that again, and I'm like, <laughs> I was "Oh like, my!" Like, uh, no, I, I've, I've not done any research because I don't want to be sad. <laughs> but there's like a small contingent of people that are convinced that he's like a secret pedophile oh, or something I hope like not. that. I'm like. Please, he's like Never. the last one yeah, we no. have. He's Mr. Counter-age. Rogers. You can't have Mr. <laughs> I really hope it's not true. But when he said no. that line in the movie, I was like, no. It's, it's so natural. <laughs> like one of them was. And then he's like, oh, no, no, just kidding. No, kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he's trying to be clever. And she's just like, what? <laughs> uh, we, get a, we get a long bus scene. Like we just kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, yeah, a lot of character. Yeah, this is like, it actually, we've gotten a couple scenes where they're on the bus, but they're very brief, just mm-hmm. travel scenes. This is where the movie takes a beat, does some stuff with the character who can't read. Mm-hmm. May is teaching her how to read a, a smutty book. <laughs> yep. It's pretty funny. She's like, her mil- milky, what, why? Wow. what are you having her read? And she's like, oh, it gets really good here. Yeah, uh, turn like, the page. <laughs> um, you get a bit with Doris where she's talking about her shitty boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's basically like, he treats me like shit, but at least he pays attention to me, I guess. And they're kind of like, her friends are kind of like, but... And she and Doris just has this self actualization moment. She's like, actually, that is fucked up. Fuck this. Right. Tears up his picture, throws it out the window. You're like, hell yeah. Well, yeah. She, it, I was really glad they gave her that scene because she's she gets to talk because she is, I guess, you know, a little heavier of the team. Sure. And funny story, Tom Hanks had to gain like 30 pounds to play this role. <laughs> he is a little chubby in this. Yeah. They, like Penny Marshall kept telling him he does a he eat. does a really good job with his with his limp too because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't realize like when you first see him he seems like he's Me. maybe staggering yeah. but then every time he has to walk somewhere it's it's he's giving it just enough that you're, oh you are kind of jacked Subtle, up yeah. aren't you um, and he has a line about like my knees are gone but I could still you probably pull shoot a trigger, a, pull yeah. a trigger so I don't know maybe I should have gone over there yeah. which is almost like sort of a sad sack depressed like I, I feel like if you really wanted to read deep in it, I basically was like, I should have just went over there and got myself killed. Yeah. Like, uh, well, his self-worth, yeah, is very low. But but with Rosie O'Donnell, apparently Penny Marshall was like, you need to not eat so much. Like, like So it was like the opposite. And her whole scene of, you know, basically saying, you know, when I was a girl growing up playing, you know, baseball and softball, like nobody gave me a second look. And it's like, you've, you're not as good as the other women because you're strange and you're not falling into the sexualization of women. And who, who said Rosie that was Ro- yeah that yeah. was her whole thing with the boyfriend and that's like kind of how like so her her self worth was very low and that's yeah. why she has this ugly fat boyfriend that like doesn't <laughs> treat her well and that's when it's like hey you know I'm doing this great thing yeah I'm on this team like. I'm pr- like she. She knows what she looks like. She knows she's not as pretty as you know Dottie, but like she knows I'm great and I'm special. Yeah, and she she gets a fun little subplot <laughs> yeah. to where these two twins keep showing up at the games <laughs> and be like, them. "We love you, 22." And she's like, "Me, me." Right? And Dottie's like, 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 "Hell yeah, fucking." I don't know. Maybe she. Uh, it's not like you see her dating them at any point, yeah, but it's just well, she's got her fans and it's yeah, nice. One of them brings her flowers yeah. and May's like, "Thank them." Like she's not used to the attention. <laughs> um, from here, we the next game we get actually this is the no crying in baseball scene. Yes. Evelyn, I think, makes a bad throw, and Tom Hanks like chews her ass out. And she misses the cutoff man because you're supposed yeah. to when you're throwing in from the outfield, you have to throw to the mid the middle man who then can make a more controlled throw. Yeah, 
she she throws it wild. They score <laughs> they score a run because the other team scores because she messed up. Yeah. Scro- chews her out. She starts crying. He's like, you're crying? There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying it in baseball. It just makes her cry more. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's surprising. I thought it went on a little longer. Um, but Well, that's when uh, the ump then comes up. Yeah, the up. ump's like, hey, you know, just a little advice, like, treat these guys like how you treat your mother and he goes to walk away he's like anyone ever tell you you look like a penis with a hat or whatever he's like you're out of here he's, he's like, like, oh. He's like, oh what no one's ever said that to you before <laughs> and I love how everyone else is like yeah out of here get go and then Rosie O'Donnell gets to be like alright I'm coach now <laughs> yeah. she's like you're, you're playing center like, again Rosie O'Donnell gets a lot of fun background lines she really does <laughs> like I don't know if she was just shouting them out on set or if it's just ADR or put in after the fact or what but it's, it's good but yeah, yeah. No, Got to mention the no crying in baseball oh, scene. Yeah. It's classic. It is. Um, and again, like I said, it, he was a lot more abrasive than I had pictured in my head. Right. I thought it was like more of an awkward exchange, but he's just, he's being so, he's like, hey, I got my ass chewed out and I was glad for it and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's just like, kind of like, you got to be, it's very much like Tom Hanks. You got to be a better coach. Like you can't right. just do it like this. I think it, it really goes to show how different it is when you have a group of men that you're coaching. Cause he has coached before. Like they make it clear that, you know, yeah. you fucked up here and here and like you had that coaching job and you fucked it up. But so he's used to talking to a bunch of guys who it's like, they are used to getting, you know, horrible things said to them to build, you know, tear them down, build them back up. But women are not talked to like that. And so it, it's, it's a great example of how he's like, yeah, I'm so Someone told me that I'm playing like shit. My dad was there, and like, and, and, and that's fine. Like, obviously, you don't talk to a bunch of women that way. So, even though it's like, yeah, we we're supposed to be held to the same standard as men, but he's he's not used to talking to to women that way. Yeah, it, it, it's a fun classic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, from here. We get uh, Lowenstein, I think, is basically like being told, like, this league's not doing well enough. Yeah. Um, he basically goes to, like, Dottie and, like, begs, like, hey, we're, like, in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, where are we? They're all like, where are we performing monkeys? We're just playing <laughs> baseball out here or whatever. Yeah. But then we get, like, a thing where they pop up a thing and Dottie's, like, you see, you get to see the machinations on her face where she's just, like, like she oh. looks at the Time Magazine guy, looks at the ball. She's like... All right, I'm going to do it. And she does this like cool split catch. And everyone's like, whoa, they snap a picture. And she's like, she's being more performative to Mm -hmm. like, this is a moment. It's like where even though she's like, I could take it or leave it. She like, not only does she kind of care, but she also cares about her friends and family. Mm -hmm. And she knows they care. And she knows she's in a position to help them. Mm -hmm. So she she puts herself out there uh, and does this. like something you would never do, right. but she does it just to be performative and mm-hmm. everyone like can be like excited and titillated by it. Right. Um, and from there we get like a big long montage mm-hmm. of, of the crowds getting bigger, right. all the women doing like fun little bits mm-hmm. to like kind of play up. It was like, a, it's like catch a foul ball, get a kiss. Right. Uh, Which is so this. inappropriate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just watching that makes me think how uncomfortable that would be nowadays of the creeps that are coming in. And Oh my God. I think, but, May, I think May catches a ball in her hat. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Rosie O'Donnell gets something fun to do. I think they do like a thing where they have like the different cartoon pictures and they're oh, like yeah. pitching at it. She's, she's the one that like smokes Hitler, a picture of Hitler yeah. or whatever. Um, just, just a good montage. I, mm-hmm. I, it is in this moment somewhere in here that we get this really random scene where they 
miss one of the balls that kind of goes into the side. Mm-hmm. And this is where this group of black women are standing there. And one of the black women like picks up the ball mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, Jean Davis is like, throw it back to me. Cause she's like, probably you can't throw that far. Yeah. And she just beams it past Davis. And you get this weird moment where Davis like looks at her. The girl looks it back at her. And there's like this mutual respect, nod of yeah. respect to where it's like the movie's basically being like, there was all this racial stuff going on too. And yeah. like, if you've ever watched it, even like with the men's league there, I watched this documentary that Ken Burns did called mm-hmm. seventh inning. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was all about the shadow league mm-hmm. um, where it's like all these uh, like black dudes were and you know, any, any other minority yeah. were playing baseball cause they weren't allowed to play baseball. Right. Um, and so I, I think this moment, I didn't do any research, but it's heavily implying that the black women were doing just as much if not more at the same time but the, that's not what this movie is about yeah, so don't well, worry about it but we know we're, we're acknowledged I was just yeah. like ooh this is so weird oh, yeah, and that was one of the things that I looked at and I guess so at the so obviously the American um, League for the Women uh, they didn't have any um, black women allowed it even though like they had just like desegregated baseball for like men like because yeah. they had the Jackie Robinson stuff like all that was happening but that area was the segregate that was the, the colored section you know air quotes with that that they had you know a separate area for them to sit and watch and i guess uh the screenwriter said that they felt terrible that in order to have you know a time piece that they're doing you can't have a diverse cast sure so they kind of did that as a nod of okay we would really love for that to have been the case but yeah. we weren't allowed to have a diverse cast so this is showing you know the talented women that could have been type thing and in order it to, makes sense and, yeah. and i don't blame them for making those choices it, it, it is tough like it's so yeah. hard doing like some some people these days are doing period piece stuff to where they're just like fuck it, we're just going to have a diverse cast anyway. Right. They're almost taking like a Hamilton approach to things, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of into. Yeah. Um, like, it's just hard. Well, yeah, like, and well, when you want something to be so accurate, like to properly like show, and it's an interesting thing too with, you know, the Oscars, all that good stuff going on too of uh, diversity, but also time per- period pieces where you aren't supposed to like how that's gonna work yeah and so that was kind of a nice way for them to say we really wanted to but in order to respect the time period like this is the way it was yeah it it was like i guess it's better to acknowledge it than to just sweep it all under the rug and they've said they've had people bring that to their attention and they love that it's a talking piece for the movie yeah. so it was um, definitely something they it just it, it definitely bumped me a little bit right i was like i was like yeah there probably is tons of black women who are probably much better oh, than all yeah. these other players but <laughs> they sure. can't play mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah yeah, because um, I guess um, they wanted it centered around the whole women yeah. thing. So it's like, yeah, obviously we can't touch the race stuff right now. We're going to just try <laughs> to get women out because they have that wonderful scene where it's like a radio like commentary that old, that woman does where she's like, these women are being plucked from their homes yeah. and how are we going to <laughs> save femininity with this masculine approach? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. And I think that is something that I'm glad they have that brief bit too because mm-hmm. it cuts to their parents listening to that, which yeah. I think is very emblematic of they choose to show Dottie and Kit's parents listening to that broadcast. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly they were raised in a slightly conservative way. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's always going to be women who are uh, 
it's not like every woman is an ally. There's always yeah. gonna be some old fucking lady who's like, it's a woman's job to do this and this bullshit. And it's just like, it was just, I'm, I am glad that they had a thing like that because like, it's nice to not just make every, even though this is like a fun feel good movie yeah. to not have everything be so glossy that it's like every woman was secretly super happy that this right. was happening well, and even Dottie's <laughs> character is fighting against it yeah. and that she's perfectly content being a housewife yeah. and you should have that right to do that and so and later like oh. late in the movie she's like I'm gonna go have some kids yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part one kids like you can have kids like anytime do this she's like no nah, I wanna do it now yeah. I'm good <laughs> um, and that is something that's fun like I always, I do really appreciate a character that I, I, I think about this a lot as someone that wants to be a creative mm-hmm. and has all these big lofty goals. Yeah. I do try to like make peace with some people. That's not the life they want. They just want to be happy. They want to yeah. work a job, go home and play video games, spend time with their significant other and raise a couple kids. Mm-hmm. And that makes them happy. Yeah. And as much as I can't wrap my brain around having that kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. it is nice to every once in a while see a movie be like, no, that's okay. Yeah. If that's how you want to have your life. Because I think the problem is the, when, you, you're, when you're watching a movie, you're watching something that was created from the perspective of a bunch of creative people mm-hmm. who aspire to be in these roles and so those are the kind of stories they tend to tell so you rarely see that depicted of just i'm, I'm cool yeah someone's <laughs> yeah. just like happy to a home life and she's still there's the tug mm-hmm. she you know she does she wishes I, I feel like she wishes she could have both mm-hmm. but when she's weighing them against each other she ultimately chooses to well i mean go. when you have bill pullman you know as, you're, <laughs> as i told my husband when we were watching it i'm like i mean can you blame her like i always get oh. i used to always get bill pullman and uh uh, Bill uh, Paxton. Paxton. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm definitely. If you're, if if you're, if I'm, if you're asking Team Pullman or Team Paxton, I am Team Paxton. I would say. I feel uh, like after watching The Sinner, I became very Pullman. <laughs> like his, have you seen that? I don't think oh, so. Oh, The Sinner. Bill Pullman plays this like <laughs> detective who's kind of like got a fucked up like backstory, and he's super weird, but he's just. Bill Pullman, and that's how I see him oh, he's, now. He's so he's so oh. good, but I think for me, Paxton's just in a couple more movies that were really big for me mm-hmm. like Paxton is Twister right yes like Twister was huge for me see for me uh, mine was my first I think the first thing I saw Pullman in was um like while you were sleeping like the one with uh, Sandra Bullock where she sure yeah and that was him and I just thought he was the most adorable man like <laughs> I like you couldn't have better I didn't cast him oh. I, I thought they, they they made him look a little rough in this movie I don't know if it was just me. I think it's because of the war. Like, it's like the slicked back hair was not quite, the way his hair was in this movie was not quite doing it for me. Which I felt like it should have been buzzed anyway. Yeah. But I guess he kind of did that part for um, Penny Marshall as like a favor. Like That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure even at this time he was pretty big. Yeah. So it was very like, and in the credits you see like, and Bill Pullman. Right, like and when he shows here. up, you're, when he shows up, it's very like, holy shit, it's, it's Bill Pullman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, can you blame her? <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, this is we already talked about Hanks and Davis on the bus. They mm-hmm. they chat with each other. Davis gets him to drink a coke, and yeah, that's supposed <laughs> to be his redemption moment of yeah. he's trying to get that alcohol drink. He's like, oh, let's have a little. And she's like, yeah. here, have a coke, and that's supposed to like have. Pulled him away from alcohol. He's like, these don't really mix. And I looked at my husband. And I'm like, alcohol and coke don't mix. I'm like, they're li- it's literally a mixer. Like, well, no, not back then when it was like literally cocaine. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to so do an alcohol. You, you and don't a- need to be an alcoholic. Here's some cocaine. <laughs> right. That's what made it taste so good. <laughs> um, 
Uh, no more league. Take kid out. Iowa defends league. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's it's the scene where uh, where. Kit wants to keep pitching, mm. and Hanks is like, and again, it's like a nice segue because you just saw Hanks and Davis bonding on the bus. Mm-hmm. Hanks calls Davis out to the mound. Hanks is thinking about taking her out, and but he he defers to Davis. He basically mm-hmm. is like, "What's your call?" Yeah. And again, that's another like Hanks respects Davis now, yay yeah. moment. But it's also a very nice twofold thing to where Davis is like, she's throwing grapefruits. Yeah, we got to take her out, and Kit's fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all keeps. It, turns into a whole thing because it rolls into later that night and Kit's still angry with her and Dottie's like, fine, you want me to leave the team? I don't care. I'll ask him to trade me. Mm-hmm. And then because Kit, uh, Kit's talking to Lowenstein because because or Dottie's basically, Dottie's basically like, I'm going to quit. Yeah, she was packing her yeah, stuff. Because she's like, I'm going to leave. And Lowenstein just had a scene with, with Chocolate Man <laughs> who was like, oh, yeah, fuck this league. Nobody right. gives a shit. Like, and the boys are coming back. We're about to win the war. Yeah. And Lowenstein's like, put me in charge. I believe in this so yeah. much. Like, he's a he's a strange character in terms... Like, the movie, it seems like early on, it seems like he's kind of just scuzzy. But then, like, it really bends over backwards to be like, but he really cared about the league and it, right. his intentions are good and he believes in it. Oh, and, and you see him at most of the games, so I feel like yeah. he really does get a connection to them. And like, he I, loves... I think maybe it just grows on him a yeah. little bit. Um, but he goes to talk to Gina Davis and he's like, she's like, I'm quitting. He's like, ah. oh no. <laughs> he's, he's basically doing his best. Uh, his best. Uh, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Jeff Goldblum impression. Oh yeah, like Where he's uh, like he's like uh huh. That's um funny because uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, it'd be really nice uh, if, if you stayed because we we need you because <laughs> the league is uh, uh and she's like fine then trade me to another team. He's like oh where okay we will. Well work and actually it out. <laughs> af- knowing like ha- having seen this for so long and knowing what happens and the misunderstanding that she has because the way it looks like it looks like Dottie says well no get you know trade me but she doesn't technically say that yeah and he's like well we could arrange a trade and she's like yeah you know trade me whatever he didn't say trade her yeah she read into it like yeah you can trade me and it and kit is so mad because she thinks Dottie was mad at her and said you know trade you, kit used her way to get rid of yeah kit. And, and so and so oh. kit's understandably upset yeah uh, Dottie but Dottie tries to make it right but Kit won't have any bit of it uh-huh. uh, Dottie's like no I wanted him to trade me Kit's like fuck you mm-hmm. You, I, I'm always living in your shadow and there's a really good push and pull to where Dottie's like you're never going to grow up unless you stop pretending like everything's my fault you have yeah. to take some responsibility for yourself um, but big blow up mm-hmm. Kit's gone which I was like oh shit Kit really did get traded and she's yeah. leaving the team like because I really like the sister stuff so mm-hmm. I was kind of sad to see Kit go right um, and I feel like she really needed that like she needed to be away from Daddy yeah, yeah, to like definitely. be her own person because it seems like on her team like she's very integral mm-hmm. to the team uh, which was funny because like on the Peaches we never see anybody but uh Kit pitch. So when they go to take her out, I'm like, who the fuck even else on this team pitches? And right. Like, I got Beverly in the wing, or somebody was waiting to be brought in. And I was like, I guess well, in baseball you have to have multiple pitchers. Well, and the thing with that league, I guess they. It's funny because on the team there's only like 16 girls total on your team. Yeah. Like, so each person's part is very important because you know if you fucking bust your knee, we don't have very many backups. Yeah. Like you don't have a second string waiting like to come up like you would football. So like the fact that like with with Kit's pitching scene where she's like, no, I really I can finish. Like it was so important for them to have to pitch an entire game. Yeah. To be you know part of that team, and so that. 
scene where she's trying to finish it. Like they really did expect them to finish the whole thing. And so, yeah, it's ugh. like these days in like MLB, you pitch and then you you can't pitch for days afterwards because it's so hard mm-hmm. on you. So I was like, I remember at that because I wasn't really thinking about it, but I was like, has fucking Kit been pitching all these games herself? Well, that's like, what I thought. When Dottie leaves, is who's gonna catch now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have uh, uh, Alice. Yeah, she's the Canadian one. You're that... killing me, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> I love those because <laughs> poor Alice, she's like the nicest lady on the team, where she's just like the soft-spoken. Yeah, some of the some of the other girls kind of get lost in the shuffle for mm-hmm. me. Like Evelyn is notable because she's got the kid, mm-hmm. but like there's another blonde girl who's supposed to be like kind of a model. She doesn't really get she's, a lot of time. Yeah, she's the beauty. <laughs> queen yeah. i think that there's like a bunch of brunettes Beverly? I, I got confused between which was like the brunette that couldn't read and which was the nice brunette that like helped her right and, like, they, and i feel like the nicknames were helpful like because you have betty spaghetti she yeah. likes megan spaghetti <laughs> and, and then you remember her because she has you know the scene later yeah, with, i think oh. betty's like their backup pitcher um, no, I think it's the blonde Beverly or the oh she, she's, yeah, she's the, the beauty queen one that's right yeah um uh, I think there's a couple people on their team that can pitch. Gina Davis could probably pitch too <laughs> right. if they really needed Fuck her it. to. But <laughs> well, I guess fu- another funny thing, like because I read so much on it, where I'm like, holy shit, that really did happen. So she had, she was like one of the only ones with like a stunt double that, like, she could do the splits, but she couldn't slide into the splits. Okay. But and uh, the one where she catches the ball behind her back, uh, the stunt double was supposed to do that, but they were having trouble doing it, and so like, well, fuck it, like you can try, and she gets it like right away, and so she's like, okay, I'll just do it because my stunt double couldn't ma- manage to do it so oh, no. she really did catch that ball like behind her back that's really funny <laughs> yeah um we get the them singing in the locker room mm-hmm. they're singing like the from canada or whatever it's like kind of cheesy we got Canadian. Uh, yeah i can sing the whole song <laughs> i've seen this so many times and i guess that is like the actual like song that someone wrote oh, for really? it like yeah it's like the real um, song but it's Brutally interrupted by the most awful mailman in the world oh. uh, coming in, being like one of these death telegrams. I can't tell who it is. Whatever. These are so oh, anno- so, these are so annoying. Oh. And I was just like this fucking guy. Uh, and Tom Hanks is like, just give me the fucking postcard uh, and kicks him out. And it's it's a good little bit with Tom Hanks, where Tom Hanks knows how serious this is mm-hmm. and. Like to see him take it seriously goes a long way. We're like, oh, he really is like not a complete bastard anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's very much like we're on Gina Davis. Oh God, like, is, is my husband dead? Ugh. And she was just on the bus talking about mm-hmm. him being at war. She hadn't heard from him in three weeks. Right. Um, which is like a nice moment where Tom Hanks, oh, he's he's probably fine. Yeah. But the, Tom <laughs> Hanks is like such a good actor to where I was re- maybe I was reading more into it than I should have, but I was reading like. There's this small part of him that's like, ah, but if her husband does die, I could totally slide in <laughs> and like and like pick the, pick up the pieces here. Like maybe I was reading too much into it, but I was like, he has like that small layer where he, he's like trying to comfort her, uh-huh. but he's also like kind of like, oh, okay, so hang on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. Like, because, yeah, because I think he's even when he's like, oh, you know, he's smart and he's got looks. There's so few of us. Like he's, <laughs> he's so full of himself, even though he's like this. Yeah, like he's gained weight. <laughs> he's just like this fat um, broken ball player <laughs> um, oh yeah that scene though that's one of the scenes that I've cried like every oh, really? time just it, didn't, it didn't quite oh. get me because it was so 
over the top. And I, I was pretty sure it was going to be a fake out. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and of course, it's the girl sitting right next to Gina Davis. Yeah, which is Betty, the Betty Spaghetti, <laughs> yeah. the, the brunette. That she's one of those that she's just now becomes the she's the one with the dead husband. Yeah. Like because that's how you can remember. <laughs> they like escort her out, and Tom Hanks is like, "Well, uh, we still have a game to play." And yeah. everyone's just like, Buh. "Right." <laughs> um, <sighs> get up great scene it just cuts to gina davis alone uh-huh. in her room crying oh, yeah. and you can tell because she, she ugh, she's so fucking good uh-huh. like because her face in the telegram scene is quietly devastated like i'm about to find out my husband's dead but i'm gonna fucking keep it together i'm not gonna break right here right and then when she's behind closed doors she just loses it all that pent-up emotion well you could you imagine like just because she's a very sympathetic character like she feels for all the girls yeah and like knowing that she's in the same exact situation as someone else and to feel basically like that get delivered to someone else yeah could i mean it's nothing but crushing like because you picture yourself being that person and oh i definitely do think there's there's a small bit of re- like the, oh, there's a lot going on like small bit of relief devastation for her friend yeah upset because she was basically convinced to hear that her husband was was dead um and then we don't even get a break like bill yeah. Pol- this is where bill Pullman comes in yeah limping <laughs> with his fucked up foot or whatever it's like i'm good and he's like he's great in this movie because he's so straight edge and like mm-hmm. monotone almost because he delivers this line where he's like She's like, what happened to your foot? He's like, sniper, got seven of us before he, we were able to take him down. I'm like, you saw seven of your comrades <laughs> murdered right in front of your face? Yeah, could you like, imagine that like, survivor's guilt? Oh, <laughs> and PTSD? Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, this man is a broken man. Oh, yeah. And he plays it like that, too. He doesn't get a lot of time, uh-huh. but he just is like, uh, and like, there's, and we don't know what their dynamic was before this, but he is so like, just like, thousand yard stare yeah like as a, you're just like gina davis you're gonna spend the rest of your life like <laughs> picking up the pieces of this guy right like, so be prepared for that but he's like i'm ready to spend the rest of my life and they kiss and it's Aww. like yay or whatever um but he's like kind of scary a little bit too i was a little he had like a scary vibe to me like but in a way that i was like yeah this man just saw some shit right yeah uh, <laughs> he did just enough well and it's funny too because like the whole her wanting to quit the baseball because of him like they don't even give him a chance to be like no you love this you need to play I mean the dude like he is completely like separated from it that he's okay with her coming with him like he doesn't ask anything Uh, about it I don't get the feeling that he would have stopped her no and obviously he doesn't because they turn around and come back but I also like it is like very much like I just saw a war. Let's go home and start our life together. Like, yeah, he's just so you don't happy really, to see her. Yeah, you don't really blame him. Yeah, um, but yeah, she's like, okay, he's back. I'm yeah, done. Bye. Tom Hanks is like, I, I did make a note here because I thought it was so funny. Um, there's these kids who want him to sign <laughs> their baseball card or whatever. Yeah, the baseball. And, and, and it's, a, it's a it's a redemption for him to wear. Early on, he was ripping people's shit up and not signing shit. Yeah. Um, and he signs their card, but he's still got to make it a little ridiculous. He writes, avoid the clap. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Dugan. Dugan. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice. What's uh, funny is, because like, I've watched that since I was a kid, because it came out in, like, 92, <laughs> and I, like, never knew what that meant until I was older, and I'm like, oh, like, that's such a, like, yeah, like, you're going to sleep with a bunch of women. Avoid the clap. <laughs> Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, Hanks is very much, like, they get a great scene together. I don't mean to gloss over it, is but we've gone on for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll s- speed things up just a smidge. But sure. great scene to where they're talking. And Hanks is like, I know you love this game. Davis is like, I do, but like, I'm leaving. Like, that's just what it is. And Tom mm-hmm. Hanks is like, well, 
see you around. Yeah, and he's yeah. just kind of like, and he's like, so that's him, huh? Again, like a little subtle, like, oh, there he is, the guy that is your husband. That kind of sucks for me, but whatever. Well, yeah, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't come out until um, Hanks' character's almost on the bus at that point. Like, right. they don't even get to introduce e- to each other. So, like, because he doesn't actually meet him until towards Yeah, because he's end. yelling. He's like, he's like, we're leaving. Would you not understand how time works? Right. Like, <laughs> but he does say to her, he's like, you're going to regret this, like, for the rest of your life. So yeah. that kind of is culminating in Well, he head. has, like, a line where he's like, if I could just have one day back, mm-hmm. uh, I think about it all the time. I'd trade it for anything. Right. And it's just fair. And you can tell he's getting through to her. I knew she was going to come back eventually. Well, yeah. uh, you have like, to. <laughs> like, but it's like, it's good. It's doing a good job setting the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> and then, this was surprising to me. We just get a newspaper montage of the first mm-hmm. six games of the World Series just happening. Right. I was like, holy shit, okay. Yeah, they have uh, to like really fast forward through it to get to like the exciting part. Yeah, <laughs> and I, like, I was I was happy because they, they squeezed some games out. The first game, I think they get smoked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kit's like just wrecking them and mm-hmm. uh, so the, we're on game seven. Uh, they're doing a prayer. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's a lot, a lot of stuff like um, yeah, before game prayer, he says something about like, he has this crack about God. I know you're listening because so and so was calling your name. It was a waitress <laughs> in like South Bend or something. He's like, like thank wa- you, God. He's like, I, that waitress was talking about you a lot last night. I was like, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just a really brutal, gritty prayer. Uh-huh. They come together. He yells at Alice a bunch because she hasn't changed her socks. Alice, you're killing me. Right. Uh, so he's standing out there and there's a catcher and we don't know it's Davis. And she, he says something to Alice. He's like, Alice, blah, blah, blah. And she stands up and pulls her mask off. And <gasps> the uh, reveal. he's like, oh, you think you can just show up game seven? And she's like, oh, do you not want me to play? I I guess. Yeah, I like how he puts on a big front like he's not going to let her play when obviously he's going to let her play because she's the best player they had. And like, I like how they cut over to Alice. Like, she's been doing fine and she's like bruised and she's uncomfortable wearing this stuff. Like, you can tell she doesn't want to be yeah, the Yeah, she's catcher. got like, this hang dog look on her face. Like, Ugh. Yeah, it's like, please let her play. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Hanks', Hanks is, his mood is just so funny. He literally is like, I, I guess, yeah. I guess. That you're, if you want to play. you're here. Uh, I did laugh because Davis has a lot about like we got all the way to Yellowstone and then decided to turn back and I was like I was like it took you days like there's so many you've missed six games and uh-huh. I was like I guess it would have taken you that long to drive to Yellowstone and back especially in like a shitty old car yeah uh, uh, so I was like I guess that makes sense I'm not going to poke logicals at this point right uh, <laughs> but I just have for some reason I have a note just says Hanks isn't a monster I don't know if it's pertaining to him being nice to Davis or if, uh-huh. it's, or if he does something here that's nice I, I, can't I like remember. how he asks he's like oh did you run into bears like <laughs> <laughs> send you back <laughs> you there, went to Yellowstone I will say and we haven't talked about it too much because I'm not singling out a ton of specific lines yeah there's a lot of funny lines oh in this it's movie. so well written a lot of things that cracked me up just throw away little cracks uh-huh. just to spice things up just to make it a little funnier than it had to be yeah uh, i mean especially with lovitz but hanks has got a lot of cracks oh, like yeah. everyone's got like a little joke or two rosie mm-hmm. o'donnell or and madonna always have like some throwaway line that's like funny yeah um they make you like the characters like you're very committed to the team so that's why it makes the game so important because you're so connected with this character but then you also have that like tugging well kit's on this team though and you really feel for her too yeah. so it's it really kind of pits you against yeah so i mean that that's what we get we get Dottie versus kit mm-hmm. so kit's like shit my sister's back uh they're down Dottie's up to bat kit's pitching Dottie gets a home run oh, yeah. puts him ahead kit is 
devastated. She's in the dugout, like crying. They're like, Kit, get it together. Like, it's okay. Come on, you're (laughs) fine. And they keep saying you're going to have to bat, but I laughed because it was like, she she was like fourth or fifth up. So it wasn't like guaranteed that she was going to have to bat. But as soon as she gets back to the dugout, they're like, you're going to be up. And I was like, okay, she'll be up. And then it was like, someone batted, and then another person batted, and then another person batted. (laughs) Okay, hang on. Basically, Uh, they didn't want her (laughs) shutting down in case they really needed her to, like, because you could tell she was broken like when you fuck up and like put like she was beating herself up so yeah bad. she's just like sitting like kind of in the corner staring like trying not to cry oh, she's full on sobbing yeah. like, Dottie looks over at one point and sees her crying but like doesn't break face at yeah. all yeah like, Dottie's in this weird spot to where she feels for her sister but she's not gonna not try right which I think makes the ending of the movie really interesting I love I want to uh, discuss this yeah part. we will yeah. Uh, I mean let's get to it yeah so Kit comes up <laughs> she gets a hit it goes in um we get, I, I don't remember what happens in terms of, uh, cause like it's in this, cause Evelyn fucks up the cutoff throw in this game. And, yeah. and that was where, uh, that was where I wrote Hanks isn't a monster. Cause he goes to yell at her <laughs> and he's like, Evelyn, we've discussed this. You gotta, you gotta hit your cutoff, man. Right. And she's like, I will. And then she does. So I, I can't remember the chain of events, but I feel like <laughs> at one point they were up like one to nothing and then, and I feel like it was maybe because she fucked that up. And then I know, like, when yes. Kit was pitching and she fucks it up, um, they were up two to one. Yeah. And then I think then the next inning, uh, and, and they tied I, it up. I think I think what it is is, like, Evelyn does hit the cutoff man. Yes. And then the cutoff man gets it to Davis. So it, and because Kit, they tell Kit to stop at third, but she doesn't. She rounds third. She's charging the, the mound. Well, that was the very last one. So that was when they were already tied up. So yeah. basically, if, she got out, like, because she could have stopped at third. They would have hit again. And if they got somebody out, it would have gone into over yeah. the extra inning. But if she gets out, then the run that scored doesn't count. No, oh. no. It wouldn't. It would, like, they were already tied up at the very last I thought point. the way it worked was if, if a play is still going, uh, even if you score, like, because they had two outs, uh, someone scores off of Kit's hit. If Kit stops, it's tied. If Kit gets out, while the play is still going, no. doesn't that cancel out? No, the run? once once there, it would it would have if like I think you're thinking of like the pop fly rule, like where if someone's trying to like steal a base when it's like the somebody else gets out, um, you have to go back to that base. Uh, but when you get uh, home, that makes me sad because I, I thought <laughs> I thought part of the tension of the scene was she should have stopped and they would have guaranteed been tied and waited to have another hitter bring her in yeah, no. or gone into overtime. Yeah, no, this was for the winning run. Yeah. Like this was the, you know, the top of the ninth. Like this is the end. And if it stays tied, it would just go into extra innings. But, but she wanted to be yeah. the hero. So <laughs> she's, Gina Davis has the ball. Which I think that's what why it factors in that Evelyn yeah. hit the cutoff man because she got the ball to Davis well mm-hmm. ahead of time. So Davis has the ball. Yes, Kit's coming anyway. Yeah, she doesn't listen to the third base person's telling <laughs> yeah. her stop. No, you need so to stop. So here it is. We get a slow mo fucking. <laughs> yeah. That's not what the song they play. <laughs> oh, it's pretty intense. <laughs> um, you Kit's like angry face of seeing charging her sister. <laughs> yeah, and they smash into each other. Oh yeah. Um, and Gina Davis drops the ball, mm-hmm. and since that's the way it works, is if you're the catcher and you get hit and you drop the ball, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't count. count as you have to uh, keep holding the ball. Which I, I, I did kind of want to go back and play the scene back because I didn't feel like Kit hit home base. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've talked to people about too. I'm pretty sure she does because like you, obviously you see it kind of slowly going down. And I think either way, her leg kind of lands on the yeah. base a little bit. I didn't watch it back. So I'm just trusting, especially yeah. since they're in slow motion, surely they wouldn't fuck that up. Yeah. Like, but get this close up of the ball rolling out of Gina mm-hmm. Davis's hands. Well, because so she was b- blocking the baseline. Like basically when you block a base yeah. runner, like they can run into you if they want to. Yes. All you have to do is at least hit the base and you can, you can fucking give her a concussion. It yeah, doesn't matter. If they, if they hold on the ball and you, and they touch you with their mitt yeah. and they don't drop it, then you're out. Uh, then you're out. Yep. But she drops the ball. Yep. Kit scores the winning run. I was, yeah. I was very, I love when our main team loses oh, yeah. at the end of the movie. <laughs> because it's so unexpected. <laughs> yeah. I was so, when the ball rolled out of her hand, I was like, fuck <gasps> yeah. Like, because A, it means so much to Kit to be the hero for yeah. once. And B, but, and here's the question I assume that everyone that's ever seen this movie has asked. Well, yeah. Did she drop it on purpose or not? And I do <laughs> have an argument for why she doesn't, which I will say when I was growing up, in my head, like, I think it was maybe because my mom was like, oh, she definitely dropped that on purpose. So I always was, like, thinking, oh, she did it for her sister that, like, letting her do this. But, like, their whole dynamic, like, because even when she gets up to bat, she tells the pitcher, she, like, times out. She's like, you need to pitch high ones. She yeah. fucking can't oh, hit them. I feel bad glossing over that because yeah. she's like, she she fans high at high balls, can't hit them. Yeah. And then Throw those. Kit, Kit hits the third one and get and gets, that's the hit that she makes. So. Right. So, so it's a, she's overcoming like this it's it's just it's an interesting juxtaposition to what happened at the beginning of the movie um but yeah i don't i don't know how i I mean having just watched it for the first time i don't know if i have an opinion one way or the other you're saying you think i think she it was like she rammed her so hard i think she well even when she says it later when they're talking about it she's like you just wanted it more like you played to win and i dropped the ball like that's what happens and the whole Kit's weird because she's just a little brat like the whole time she doesn't listen to her coach she doesn't listen to anyone even the coach is yelling lay off the high ones like it's not Dottie telling her (laughs) she's just stubborn and doesn't want to listen and so I feel like Dottie really wanted her to lose like she that's why she said throw them high like she needs to learn that lesson and so now she can throw it in her face like no I hit the high one and (laughs) I proved you wrong like don't swing at the high ones anymore I I like the high ones yeah and if she lets her win like she would always have that hanging over her of like you dropped it on purpose like she she wanted her to earn it either way so I think she really was trying to get her out I think I agree with you 100% yeah uh, Dottie's too competitive to yeah. just let her win. Well, and I think I think something that I, that you've brought up in this episode that I didn't think too much about is Dottie wants to always teach her sister a lesson mm-hmm. and she it doesn't it wouldn't be a good lesson if she let her win. So yeah. I, I'm definitely like I was already leaning that way, but hearing you talk about it, I'm I would say I'm firmly in she really did drop the ball mm-hmm. camp. Um, and it's good to see Dottie have a flaw. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, she's she hasn't played the last, you know, six games. Sure. So, I mean, technically she is a little maybe, off. Maybe her heart, like, she loved the game, but maybe her heart really, it, like, she... Subconsciously, was like... Was like, no, my heart's back home. I'm going to go home. Right, um, Which, but I mean, she was going to go home either way. I think she, was, she had so much of a connection. She knew how much it meant to all of her team, like... The the best part is Rosie O'Donnell, like as they were throwing the pitches, she's like, "One more, one more!" Like she's <laughs> yeah. so intense. Like she, like Dottie knows how much it means to all of yeah, them. Like yeah. I think she was really trying to win. Like yeah, I, I think am. she would have felt just as good if her team won as 
pit like kit i think so when she's in the it is funny to me like in the locker room madonna's like don't worry about it but gina davis like looks at her like yeah i'm not worried about yeah, it. Like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but yeah we um i uh, not to fully backtrack, but I, I do want to mention, speaking of Rosie O'Donnell, like that whole clash between Dottie and Kit is interspersed at some point with Kit and Rosie O'Donnell, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel bad. Oh, wait, R- Rosie O'Donnell's fight, yeah. character name in the movie is uh, is David. Or is, uh, what is her oh, name? No, man, um Dar. Wait, now I can't remember. <laughs> Doris. Doris. Her name yeah. is Doris. Um, Doris. Uh, but Doris and Kit... Uh, they get into a full-on brawl. Tom Hanks takes Kit in the locker room and just dumps her under the shower. Yeah, and it's, like, cold because you can see her, like, trying to real quick make it hot, so it's, like, cold water to have her cool off. Yeah, she's like, my butt still hurts where, where Coach... Do- Drop me on my ass. On my ass or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we get a really nice culmination scene where mm-hmm. Kit's kids are coming up to her they're excited they're yeah. she's, she gets to have some time in the spotlight uh, Dottie's watching her and she's happy for her mm-hmm. and they get a great scene where they're conversing she's like you, you you do love it deep down though and she's like I do but I'm gonna go home and have kids and like she's like why are you leaving when we're finally getting along yeah. and stuff and it's like oh and they, they hug I love you I love mm-hmm. you too it's just like at this point I'm starting to tear up a little bit um, <laughs> like but yeah, and then but then I like I was like, how much of this movie is left? And it's like still like fourteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, they still have that whole ending of them all gathering back together, and which is like, uh, it's I mean it's it's good stuff, but I mean mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like uh, we get the old ladies, uh, you know, Dottie is seeing all her old friends. Mm-hmm. They're playing baseball. They go to the Hall of Fame. We see Stillwell. We see all these. Uh, <laughs> Who the Stillwell? You, did you see uh, the Pee Wee's Great Adventure ever? Where um, he's like I saw going it a to get his bike. Well, the 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 adult Stillwell is in Pee Wee's Great Adventure. He's the <laughs> one that steals like his bike. Oh, that's and, really. He looked really familiar. Yeah, I will say one of them that looked really familiar to me was uh, Marla. Her face oh. looked really familiar to me, but then when I looked her up, yeah, I, I didn't recognize a single thing that she's in. Mm-mm. She seems to maybe do a lot of voice work. Yeah, I think uh, she did. Um, th- she, uh, she had all these like Nickel- Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, she had like these Jimmy Neutron credits, yeah. and I was like, huh. Yeah, she's one um, of those weird ones where it's like you think you've seen her and stuff, but yeah. Like, but the no. old ladies, they all really great. They they look great. Um, yeah, it's almost like they look like their counterparts. Like yeah, it's really well cast, insanely well cast. Uh, we see who's still alive, who's dead. Tom Hanks is gone. Uh, yeah. uh, they have Lowenstein cut open the banner. Yay! Yeah. They're in the same. They're looking over their pictures, and it's, just, it's mm-hmm. playing this fucking song that just is eating eating you up, and like, uh-huh. and you're just watching them reminisce. And and uh, Kit comes in. She's got a bunch of kids. One of her kids, I think, is named Dottie. Yeah, little Dottie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh jeez. Well, yeah. and I think that's great too, because she's like their whole conversation when Dottie was about to leave was she's like, you can have kids later, yeah. like, and that's exactly what she does is she keeps playing, but. Yeah, she does have a family. There's a moment where there's some people in the bleachers. They're like, who's that? And yeah. she's like, that's Dottie, uh, whatever her face was. Yeah. And he's like, she's the best player that ever played. He's like, I don't remember her. He's like, yeah, she only played one season, but yeah. damn, she was good. Right. Like, uh, and <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they get they take a picture together, mm-hmm. and then they play the credits over the old ladies playing baseball. And it's yeah. just like, oh, man. Uh, no, the one that made me, oh, it makes me want to cry every time is when uh, she's talking to Stillwell, and he's like, you're going to lose. You're gonna, and she's like, oh, Stillwell Angel. And he's like, she's like, where's your mom? And he's like, oh, mom died. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, it just crushes you. Like, oh, jeez. You know, they like 
part of them wanted to just have everybody because I there everyone's a, dead. There was a moment where I was like, I was like, everyone is still alive and spry and doing like no one's in a wheelchair. Right. And then finally they start being like, well, this character is dead. Like uh, yeah. you know, there was a part of them that's like, everybody can't just be a, a virile right. eighty year old lady. Like a couple <laughs> of them have to have gotten knocked off. <laughs> well, yeah, folks, I mean, this is what yeah, like the forties, and it's now like whatever you like, obviously yeah. like the two thousands maybe. Like well, I mean, they made it in nineties, ninety two. So yeah. I assume it was just present day. There. But yeah, so that, that's when they're being inducted. <laughs> so you got to know, like, these women, like, were probably, like, yeah, like, in their 20s. Yeah. So, like, you know, 50 years later. <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, it's just cool. Like, the again, the lady playing Dottie, she's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, uh, I, I was right there with you thinking this whole time that that was just her in makeup. I just, like, <laughs> I pulled up the Amazon thing, like, in the scene, and it said, like, this lady, mm-hmm. old Dottie. So I was like, okay. They're just really well cast. Oh, like, yeah, it's insane. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, so we're going to transition into ratings. Um, like I always tell people, if this is your first time listening to the show, which it might be because guests sometimes bring in new new people. I have a, I personally have a particularly harsh scale on this show. I rate things out of 10, but I'm hard on them because theoretically I'm watching some of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So instead of just giving everything 8, 9s, and 10s all the time, <laughs> uh, I'm a little harder on movies. For example, my go-to example, my very first episode, I gave The Godfather an 8.5. Any other day of the week, that's a 10 out of 10 movie. It's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. There might never be a movie on this show that ever gets a 10. Mm -hmm. Although I've released it now, Leon the Professional got a 9.5, which is, if if I had listeners, would be probably pretty controversial. But thankfully I don't, so it doesn't (laughs) matter. I can just give shit whatever I want. You can't piss anyone off. No <laughs> one's listening. <laughs> Which is nice. Uh, the, per- the perks of being an unknown. Um, for this movie, it's cheesy. Uh, it's a little over the top. But I do think it's really well directed. It's really well acted. I was hovering at like a 6.5, which again, on this show, is not a bad score. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact, I, I decided today, I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm going to give it another 0.5 because it, it did break me and make me cry. Even even if I am in a weird place right now, which I think we all are with quarantine and <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff, like the fact that it actually got me emotionally, I'm going to give it a 7, which is a lame score to give a movie. It's so down the middle. But this movie feels like a solid 7 to me. I like the themes. I like the acting. And this is a movie that I love doing movies like this with guests who because I can tell growing up with this movie would be so formative mm-hmm. and I, I this would if this movie had been on rotation this is a movie it's like i we all have those movies where it's just like we grew up watching them and we know all the beats of them it's like tattooed into our brain and they can do no wrong yeah <laughs> and and every scene in this in every montage in this is very memorable and mm-hmm. i could see how if i watch this a few times and i get the feeling in the coming years when i watch it every once in a while which i probably will it'll really grow on me mm-hmm. um but a seven's where i'm at right now guess i do not expect them to be nearly as harsh <laughs> as i am you can be um, but it, like I always say, like if this is one of your favorite movies of all time and it's a ten out of ten for you, give it a ten out of ten. I don't care. It's this stuff is all meaningless anyway. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but yeah, uh, what would you give it? You say. See, and I've I've talked to you before about this because I'm one of those people who 
especially growing up, I've always been a, oh, it's good. I love it. It's a good one. Like, thumbs up. Or, like, if I really don't like something, I'm like, oh, no, don't see it. Like, I'm, I'm very rarely middle of the road with movies. And and that's why, like, for me, it's just better to do, like, thumbs up, thumbs down. Sure. But for me, it's definitely, like, a nine. I did notice some of the things um, after having re- read a little bit about it, like, the voice dubbing. And, like, now that I've, like, talked to other people who, like, have, you know, made movies and can recognize like ADR stuff. I actually look for that more in movies now that I've watched that I would not have even noticed sure. before. And so like seeing things line up and stuff. So it's definitely not a perfect movie, but it's definitely a nostalgia yeah. <laughs> burner for me where it's like, obviously it'd be like an 11 out of 10 for me. Like no matter, <laughs> just cause I've seen it so many times. It's one of those where I'm like, if somebody else says it's terrible, like I feel like personally affronted, like, no, you have to like it. It's good. So I do, I do think discussing it has been fun because I like I said I read a couple of reviews that kind of felt like the movie wasn't as nuanced as it could be mm-hmm. but even talking about like Tom Hanks character they really do subtly build him up and mm-hmm. give you little bits and pieces and stuff and like yeah. I love the sister stuff and I do wish it had been even a little bit more prevalent in the movie mm-hmm. but it's 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 a good movie I could not definitely could not recommend it enough oh, yeah. um, t- thankfully typically because I'm covering most cl- like classic movies uh I, thankfully, I, I can reasonably expect people to watch the movies. It's mm-hmm. like I'm not making people watch absolute trash to keep right. up with the show. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I've also started doing it, doing announcement episodes, and I've been like, "Hey, you should check out the movie." Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, literally, the only movie I think I've ever done for this show that I gave a really bad score to was Escape from New York. Everything else. I don't has think been, I've even seen it. <laughs> I didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so finally, and I actually did warn you this time. Yes. I finally warned a guest <laughs> about this. I do recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to recommend a movie that you think maybe is a little off the grid, a little mm-hmm. more under the radar. Uh, or or maybe, especially for guests, I don't expect you to have some super obscure pick that perfectly ties into the movie. Because <laughs> like, if you have a movie that you just want to champion, feel free to go for that. I'll do mm-hmm. mine real quick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> actually, why don't you go? Because my voice keeps cracking. I'm okay. going to drink a little bit of water. <laughs> well, and it's funny that you do this too, like those off the beaten path movies, because like growing up, people were always like, well, what's your favorite movie? Like, especially when you're like starting to date people. Like, I always wanted to like have something that I'm like, not nah, everyone has seen this or even knows. And they're like, oh, okay, interesting. So I already have like in my back pocket one ready to go. Okay. It's uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay. Which is, you know, young Leo DiCaprio. You got Johnny Depp. You've got all these random people in it. And it's such a, like, I mean, not a lot happens in it. It's mostly I think it's drama. Ba- it's based on a, I think it's based on a book. Right. Um, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's um, so. If I ever get around to the Gilbert so Grape, Grape episode, I know who to invite. Oh yeah, I've. Well, and it's funny because like I would watch a lot of the more you know like drama based you know romance stuff with my mom, and so like we would watch it, and it was there were so many like quotable scenes that like you know related to us that we would like even to this day I still like say things like there's a line where he's like because he's he's a mentally challenged you know person Leonardo is in that, and so Johnny Depp has the weight of the family of taking care of them and uh, he's he's like you know uh, you're, you're shrinking Gilbert you're shrinking and I was always a short person so my mom would always be like you know Brittany you're shrinking and I'm like <laughs> so like that movie just was like so like in my like life and so and like I feel like nobody's seen it it's one of those weird you talk to people and they're like what the I, hell is that I think I saw a scene <laughs> once on a YouTube channel because mm-hmm. it's like young Leo right it's like very baby, young. baby Leo yeah I think he's only like he's playing a 19 year old or like yeah. 18 um, but yeah that's a great recommendation oh, yeah. um, 
Mine, um, I'm going to recommend a Penny Marshall film that I actually grew up watching a lot, mm. uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Never seen it. Um, <laughs> it is a, I, I, I glanced at it on Letterboxd to see if it's like a, how people feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's got a, its average is a 2.7 out of 5, oh. which is a little low. Yeah. I haven't watched it in years. Mm-hmm. Um, could be not great, actually. <laughs> I liked it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Whoopi Goldberg plays this like computer hacker she's not like a hacker uh-huh. she's like a computer expert at a bank huh. and this spy makes contact with her because it's the only way he can get in contact with somebody and she just happens to be on the computer and she gets pulled into this like uh underground world where she's trying to help save this guy um and she's got her computer she's like a computer whiz <laughs> and a lot of people talked about it like huh. um i i didn't really realize it at the time like watching it as a kid but it's it's a pretty old movie. Like it's uh-huh. like late '80s, and people were like, "Yeah, a black woman lead that's like a computer expert that's like powerful and, yeah. and like uh, like even though it's like a lot of people see it as a very middle of the road movie. Apparently, it it is one of those movies that if you saw it at the right age, it was kind of formative. Yeah. Um, and I definitely just watched it a lot because I love Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Like I just which is one of those VHSs that we had, huh. and I would just throw it on every once in a while. And right. I and I I definitely watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the rating of it would be. <laughs> I get the feeling there's some stuff I missed. Um, you're like me. You're like one of those kids that watch like rated R stuff when you're like a little bit, like too especially young. like raunchy comedies and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm also gonna throw in a bonus recommendation. I'm gonna uh, preface it with saying sorry if I have recommended this before because I've been doing a terrible job keeping track of my recommendations. You make a spreadsheet, man. <laughs> I, I had a list and I stopped. I stopped writing it down. I, I need to go through my episodes and figure this out because mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed because I've recommended. Uh, Annihilation twice now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a double recommendation. It's very important. I just doubled down on it. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend Near Dark. Um, it's one of Catherine Bigelow's first movies. Huh. Like it's kind of a lame one-to-one connection. Like female director, female director. Right. But uh, you got it in my mind because we had that Bill Paxton conversation. Uh-huh. Bill Paxton is in it. Okay. It's this like low budget vampire movie that she made very western-ish um and i just man i really like this movie a lot it's just so atmospheric Hmm. and thoughtful and then the vampire it's like this guy he falls in love with this girl she turns out to be a vampire Uh she kind of brings him into their brood and the brood is just amazing you got like this 12 year old kid Mm -hmm. who's like old actually but he got turned into a vampire when he was a kid great character (laughs) you have lance hendrickson he's the leader of the brood he is just choose like he's no because he's because bill paxton chooses all the scenery lance hendrickson is just a great father figure to this and then bill paxton is unhinged huh. in this movie and he's so good uh I, I like near dark and it's it's one that's flown under a lot of people's radar yeah i don't think i, I realized I just, someone mentioned it like i was just like looking for stuff from female directors that people liked a long time ago and i just saw near dark pop up on a couple lists and huh. i was like let's watch this and i just adored it yeah i probably watched it three or four times now since i saw it the first well, and time i love a good vampire oh movie. <laughs> and, this, and this is one of those movies that they never say vampire um, uh like one of those movies where yeah. it's like they're vampires but no one ever says vampire right this is like a late 80s movie mm-hmm. um it's just it's really good um the end is a little strange yeah um but 
Yeah, it, I couldn't possibly recommend that movie enough to anybody listening, but obviously to you as well. Yeah. Um, well, you've done some great recommendations, I feel like. <laughs> Cinematically and like especially TV shows, we like mesh really well because we yeah. like both kind of like bizarre, like make you think and feel movies. Sure. So we definitely line up well on that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think... That's it. We've already gone for a very long time. So long. I told you. I warned you. I'm like, this movie, I could literally talk for days. So it's your job to keep me, like, streamlined. Uh, that's not my area of expertise at all. Um, but that will bring us to the end. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Spending this three hours recording. So fun. Um, I uh, would like you to shout out anything you want to shout out. Uh, if, if there's anything you want people to follow, check out. Like if there's the two people that listen to my show can, <laughs> I could drive them towards you as that's always fun for me. Yeah. So sweet. to let the people know where they can find you. Oh yeah. So I'm it, nice and easy. I actually got really lucky with my handle cause it's so weird. It's Moto Ruxin. If anyone's seen the TV show, the league, which I highly recommend it's one of Rodney Ruxins is one of the characters. I've named my dog after that. So uh, <laughs> I locked down Moto Ruxin on everything, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, everything. So you yeah. can see all the things just search Moto Ruxin. Yep. M O T O R O. No, R U. R U. See? <laughs> I guess if people know the Ruxin thing. Yeah. yeah it's, so it's M O T O. Like a motorcycle, because I ride. Yeah. Because you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very cool. And R U X I N. Yes. Okay. Um, as for me, you can find me at Jake Baker San, S A N, on Twitter if you want to yell at me. Jake Ryan Baker on YouTube. That's about it. Like, I think I have a Facebook page for the podcast, but I mean, who cares? Yeah, uh, I have one too, and I'm like, nobody goes there. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on Facebook uh, but your mom? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm really glad to get this movie under my belt. We'll definitely have to have you back. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. And as I always say, unfortunately, at the end of every episode that I accidentally canonized in my very first episode, so now it's my outro, I will catch all of you guys on the flip-flop later. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>